Hey everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Lauren and RJ, the Frangie Show starts now on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Hey, welcome guys along for the ride on a Thursday installment of the program. Frank Frangie, Hayes, Carline, Lauren Brooks, RJ Saunders. Did you see what I was talking about, Hayes? There's a door right there. There is a door. Now, and Lauren is down there talking to Taylor and Mia, okay? Mm-hmm. And she walks by the closed door and goes all the way around. Come, is it a steps thing? Is it a superstition thing? Is it a step It's thing? not superstition and it's not steps because I don't track steps. I like to go through the main door because I feel like if I go the other way, I'm infringing on RJ's area. That's like his uh, whole okay. studio area. And Does I feel like this is our five? studio yeah, area. Yeah, no. And I am very respectful of people's areas. RJ, you buy that or no? Absolutely not. I'm not either. You know, because <laughs> RJ's never been like a. You know what? He's not like Lambeer in there. No. He's not throwing elbows. No, but I mean, sometimes JJ's also in there, and I don't. I don't want to interrupt their, you know, man conversation. I think she wants to make an entrance. I think, <laughs> I think, so too. I think she's got a little hicking in her. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like hicking right. coming in. That's think, always that's, been my prerogative. Yeah. yeah. So you can't take. You can't say you know it because it's taken. But I, I think you should have a something you. You. I think you should, yeah, when you come in, because she comes in the main door. Yeah. And she, and she walks all the way around, goes by the window. We could get her like a curtain door. like Carson. Yeah, exactly. And it comes exactly. out from behind the curtain. Dun, 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 dun. But I wondered. I, she goes by that door, walks by this door, and comes yeah. in, walks by, goes by the window. But see, I don't normally see that, because normally she comes this way, and so she always comes through this door. Yes. Because this is normally the way she's. I know. But that's why I thought maybe it was like, <laughs> well, no, she always comes through this door, so maybe it's like. But it's a way better story when I see her go all the way Yeah. So there's that. All right. So there you go. How's everybody? I'm um, doing great. Bill I'm exhausted because of all my extra stuff. Yeah, well, I, I, you look tired. So yeah. I didn't, so. Um, Bill Belichick's out. Yeah. Soon to be a Jaguar. Yeah. So, so <laughs> Bill Belichick. I'm, I'm serious. Bill Belichick's out. So um, I'm going to make the case today that they should fire Doug Peterson. Yes. Well, okay. Yeah. Okay. And you can say I'm crazy. Yeah. I mean, th- this is well, what we do in the off season. Yeah. I say something. <laughs> you say I need a lobotomy. <laughs> And we have you some know, fun. You know, now that you said that, <laughs> yeah. there is a bit of a pattern. Yeah, here we go. This is 2024. Who was right on the, really the lobotomy? Oh, he was. I he, was wrong. Uh, how many of them do you want? Yeah. One, the the well, best one was the well, Emory. Let's not get crazy <laughs> okay, now. Okay. But, but the best one was that, that was it Emory Jones? That was the okay. lobotomy Emory one. Jones should that, start ahead of Kyle Trask. Emory Jones would beat out Kyle Trask. And yeah, that was That's it. what it was. Okay. Now, by the way, I, if you remember, because I went to the neurologist and got a BOGO, yeah. I got a lobotomy for you and Hicken. Yeah. Hicken was right with you. Yeah, okay? I know. Yeah, so we were wrong on that it was, one. it was kind of a double lobotomy. Yeah. That's right. I couldn't. I knew it was a Florida quarterback situation, mm-hmm. and I remembered us arguing the following year about Emory Jones versus Anthony Richardson, but I forgot about the Well, everybody kind of had that. Everybody, everybody was on that train. So, so anyway. So well, I, today we'll make the case for why Bill Belichick should be the next Jaguars head coach. Okay. So, uh, so uh, we'll, 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 and we'll allow you to do that, and Thank then we'll you. tell you you've lost your mind. But Sounds the, good. Uh, um, but – one that is not quite as comical 
I'm, and I'm serious about this one. Mm. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm serious. This okay. isn't like a shtick. I okay. honestly <laughs> think it's what they should do. So, um, but uh, but I but I will tell you this. One, okay. <laughs> I'm trying not to chuckle. I tried to prepare Frank I, yeah, I'm before, to, I'm, you know, like moments before the show. Like, yeah, hey, I need yeah. you to hear this really fast. Hayes thinks Bill Belichick should be the next Jaguars coach. Everyone should be fired. Okay, be prepared for the yeah. next Lord, Lord, few when minutes. I turn to my right and look at you. Yeah, it's not that you're very pretty, and I like looking at you, and you're very nice. You have a very nice smile. But it's, I try not to look at him because I can't. <laughs> yeah. It gets me laughing. Okay, so <laughs> right. if I turn this way, it's kind of kind of what it, what it is. Um, but another <laughs> very serious one, not to be confused with your very serious one. Mm-hmm. I will say this: Dan Lanning said no. The cigar at the end of that video was yeah. my favorite part, by the way. That was a great video. It was a great video. If it's not Sark or Kiffin? It's not Sark. I don't think it's Sark, and I and I, I don't think it's Kiffin. I don't either. So you think it's Norvell? I think Norvell's in play. I, 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 I really think – don't get mad at me, FSU guy, or get mad at me, but I'm just being honest. I laughed about it yesterday but because I was convinced it was Lanning. I, 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 I was knew, too. We all knew Lanning was there, and, and the, we saw the flight thing and all. I don't think it's. I don't think this is right. I was just talking to Griffin about it back in, the, in his office. Kiffin now doesn't feel that doesn't feel like the move. It's almost like Kiffin did the USC thing, did the Raiders thing. That I don't feel like that's the move for Alabama. It would be for Lane. I just I just I don't see Kiffin going there. Am I way off? I mean, he's a great coach, and I just it's, somehow I don't see it. it. Somehow that that wouldn't work, and I don't know why. I don't I don't know why it wouldn't work. It just for some reason I don't think that works. Well, that's the thing. It's it's interesting because, I I mean, look, I think he's a great coach, and if Alabama decides to make him the successor to Nick Saban, then you know I tip my hat to him, and you know it's 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 hard to to you know it's hard to question Lane Kiffin. Of course, you'd go from Alabama if you're at Ole Miss. Um, it just doesn't feel like that's going to be the guy it, to me. It just, it doesn't. And I don't know that it's Mike Norvell, but the only thing that I thought was interesting initially, and I didn't put a lot of stock in it because I really thought Lanning would, would be the guy. But yesterday you kept seeing the buyouts getting tweeted out. And, and that means these reporters are being told, this is a factor in this. These buyouts are a factor. Not necessarily that Alabama wouldn't pay it, but that there's a reason that that's part of this. And Norvell has by far the lowest. It's like four million. Now again, I don't think I don't think Al- I don't think money is stopping Alabama. It, it's not. But but I do think it's interesting that Norvell was the easiest one to get from out from under. Uh, and so yeah, I mean, and look, he's he's a young guy. He's obviously coming off an incredible season. Had a had a good year the year prior. Uh, and and so, you know, well, I mean, I, I, I think it, it makes sense. I, I w- if I was an Alabama fan, I wish there was a little bit more on the resume. So if I was an Alabama fan, I'd rather have Lane Kiffin than Mike Norvell. But it does seem like there's a personality thing. And obviously they know Lane Kiffin so well from him having worked there. It does make you wonder if they can view him in the prism of running the Alabama football program. Well, and I'm going to make a point later on about why that one kind of makes sense. And again, Angie's a Gator. He's trying to get rid of Norvell. No, that's not the point of the radio show. The Gator in me wouldn't mind it. I'm not going to lie about that, but that's not the point of the radio show. I don't even mind if he yeah. leaves FSU. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I honestly, like, yeah. yeah. I, it's, but, I, but I'm just, and I don't either. But for the sake of the radio show, for the sake of what I really believe, what I really believe is there's reasons why 
it would make sense, okay? If, uh, if Billy Napier was fired tomorrow, fired tomorrow, and Florida was hiring a new coach, and you told me I could have Lane Kiffin or Mike Norvell, I would take Lane Kiffin. I would too. Okay. And that's no knock on Norvell. But if I could have Lane Kiffin or Mike Norvell to replace Billy Napier at Florida, that's who I would take. I would if, take Jed Fish over Mike Norvell. Okay. okay. Now, if, some of that's his tie. Right. I got, all right. Yeah. But, but if Mario Cristobal left and I could have Mike Norvell or Lane Kiffin at Miami, I would take Lane Kiffin. But Alabama's different. It's the guy after the guy. Right. It's a different, it's a whole different paradigm. There's got to be a guy that's okay to be the guy after the guy, and if it doesn't work, it's just a whole – the culture is different. So I'm going to get into why, in my mind, why I think it's different. But it'll be – again, I I think – I'm not going to tell you I think Mike Norvell's the new Alabama coach, but I think once Dan Lanning wasn't, I was convinced it was Lanning. I was convinced it was – I was 100% convinced it was Lanning. Everything you read, everything you heard, everything you talked about. But now – I do think Mike Norvell could be in play. I, I think he could. If you ask me to bet, I'm still not going to bet that he's the next coach. But I think he could be in play. I love that Lanning turned it down because I love the loyalty to Oregon. I'm sure there's money coming from Phil Knight that aids to that. But I love that he's there for his players. But I also love now the complete and total mystery that surrounds this yeah. job. Now, let me see. Correct. Now, now it's a now fun. it's fun. Now it's fun. It was landing. He goes out. Landing goes in. There's no fun. No, no there's no drama. I, I, uh, no chaos. Um, but I. But now, Mike Norvell goes there, or Joe whoever goes there, or next, or Kalen DeBoer goes there, or next guy goes there and fails in two or three years. Then I see Dan Landing. because I think part of it is not wanting to do. Who wants to follow that? Who wants to be next? You know, I mean, who wants to be next? And don't you think that's somewhat in part if you're Lane Kiffin? I mean, yeah. I'm sure his dad Monty's saying, you don't want to follow Nick Saban. You've yeah. been a, a, at enough places. You're finally at that's a stable place. I, that's why I don't think – well, I, I don't think this is Kiffin's last job. But I don't think it's this one. That's what I mean. For the, for yeah. the reason you just said. I just so, so And I don't think – but I don't think Kiffin would turn it down if offered. I don't either. I don't yeah. either. No, so no, no. I, I, I think I it's more – I don't see I don't it happening either. because I don't know that Alabama will want it to I agree. Happen. I agree 100 percent. No one's. T- I say no one's turning it down. I guess Lanning just did. But I mean, because I'm, I'm. It's not for sure. I mean, we have to assume that Lanning they had interest. Yeah, but yeah. I would assume they did. Yeah, I, I, I would guess that that there was there was some smoke to that Lanning yeah. to Bama thing because it it's, made too much sense. Yeah, and it's also interesting that the report came out that the next Alabama coach will be hired within 72 hours. That's yeah. what their plan was. So I feel like they had someone in mind. Maybe that was Lanning. Maybe that's someone else that will develop in the next. 60 hours, but it, they are not, I feel like now on the same timeline as what they wanted to be originally. Yeah. So, so yeah, so it'll be interesting. We'll watch it. It'll be interesting to watch. Norvell has a great personality if he was going to be in that role, because that's going to be such a pressure cooker. Correct. And I think his He's best a- asset is his, it, it, yeah. it just seems like it's a very friendly, enthusiastic, high energy Mm-hmm. You know, like so, I, I think that would serve him well. He would be a good choice, and 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 if it failed, the world doesn't end. He goes and winds up taking the the Oklahoma State job after Gundy, and he does just fine. He resurrects his career. He's young. He's energetic. If the Kiven thing fails, it's harder for him. It's just it's it's just, and I don't know what their age difference is. It's just different. It just feels different. And, and so, Kiffin's probably a little older, but not yeah. a ton. But Kiffin's feels, like, I want to say, what, 48? Yeah. And Norvell's it, like early 40s? But it just feels different, and regardless of where they are biologically aging. So, so we'll certainly talk about that.
on the program uh, today. What happens with Bill Belichick? I'm going to start the program. You've got him Here coming go. to Jacksonville, I'm, and and I will I will stand aside unless you make that silly point. But uh, it's going to happen. But I do wonder what happens with Belichick. <laughs> I have anything to do with it. <laughs> and and what happens with the? Is it Vrabel? What happens with the Patriots? Is Harbaugh still to the charge? I mean, it's a good now. You know, it is. It's a good to Lawrence's point. It's a good carousel now. Oh, I mean, this is it's the best. We, ever. I mean, I mean, think about it. The uh, the Bill Belichick, Nick Saban, and Pete Carroll are gone from their jobs within two days. Where Jim Harbaugh is going yeah. is now like the fourth most important it, it, it story. It really is. I mean, Pete Carroll was a big deal for an hour. Yeah, I mean, uh, one, one hour later when Nick Saban, Pete Carroll, I, I didn't even remember where, where he coached. I was trying to remember what team it was. Right. I mean, that's how quickly that all happened. It seems like Carroll still wants to coach. He does. It seems like Saban is absolutely done. Yeah, I, I, it I seems it. Yeah, seems yeah Saban's it. done. Sa- Saban's done, and, and there's some, some. Yeah, I, I think Saban's done. So, uh, all right, we'll take a break. When we come back, let's start with Bill Belichick. Where does he wind up? Hayes has an idea. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm You're laughing now. I'm laughing. You're going to be doing one-on-one interviews with him on Thursdays <laughs> next fall. We'll take a break. Uh, much more to do. We'll talk coaching more. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's an old rock Thursday. Music, the way it should be, or at least used to be, on The Frangie Show. Of 70. Turn that up. Did you know Pat Benatar turned 71 yesterday? I did not. That's incredible. I saw her last year at the St. Aug Amp. She was uh, she was amazing. If Pat Benatar turned 71, and Bill Belichick 71, and Nick Saban 72, and Pete Carroll 72. How do we not have Benatar on Old Rock Thursday, Brooks? Are you kidding me? I love it. There's no other choice, is there? How was she as no. a performer? She was awesome. Yeah, I mean, I vocally, that. she was incredible. It, she didn't play this song. What? Uh, I know. She. I guess because of the world we live in now, okay. she didn't. Got she it. doesn't perform it anymore. Uh, but uh, So that was kind of a bummer because I love yeah. this song. But, I mean, she's got six or seven others that I love. And so it was really fun show. Nice. Well, happy belated birthday to Pat Benatar. I feel like she's one of the most badass women badass. to ever come around in Perfect music. Perfect word for her. Yeah. Perfect word. Badass. So Pat Benatar today at Old Rock Thursday in her 70s with all these 70-somethings. It's great in Fast Times when all the girls are dressed like Pat Benatar. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't it hilarious? <laughs> like a Pat Benatar <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Bill Belichick is available. You want him to come to the Jacksonville Jaguars. and you. I want Shot Khan, yes, to, to hire him to be the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So fire Doug Peterson after two winning seasons. I do, and it's nothing against Doug. I think Doug is a good coach, it's, it's, but, it, but it solves your Trent Baalke, Press Taylor problem. And the thing about Belichick is you can, you can say, okay, it got away from him once Brady left. It, it, you know, he can't identify a quarterback. He's, he's never had uh, uh, the ability to identify receivers in the draft. I, and that's fair. I'll listen to all that. Uh, what what – I will tell you is Bill Belichick remains, when it comes to attention to detail, impeccable. He's the best in the game at it. Attention to detail. And that's what this club does not have. It's why they were a mess operationally on offense. It's why they blew gap assignments and coverages throughout the second half on defense. There's no attention to detail. Now, maybe Doug Peterson can fix that. And again, this isn't a I don't like Doug Peterson as coach argument. This is you can go get 
arguably the best to ever do it. And look, if he gives you three, four years, that's fine. This is the NFL, not for long. But he can show you what, how it is supposed to look. And he's already got his quarterback. And he's already got a good stable of receivers. And I can trust Bill Belichick to build an offensive line. I can trust Bill Belichick to identify interior defensive linemen. He has the tools on this roster to take this defense and make it a top five group. And offensively, what, I mean, what confidence do you give Trevor Lawrence when you say, when you're Shad Khan and you sit Trevor down and say, guess who wants to coach you next year? Bill Belichick. I mean, Trevor Lawrence would be strutting around town with that kind of confidence. And oh, by the way, you have direct access to the best to ever do it in Tom Brady. So you bring that into the equation as well. Tom's not competing anymore. He'd, love, you know, he'd, he'd be happy to help him. To me, this is what you do. You are stagnating, which means you're going backwards. You just had an epic, the worst collapse in your franchise's history. You are on the precipice of perhaps wasting Trevor Lawrence. Why? Why would you go down this road? Why would you cede Bill Belichick to the Atlanta Falcons? That's absurd. The Jaguars have a much better roster than Atlanta because you have your quarterback. Belichick could take what the Jaguars have on defense. He would turn Trayvon Walker into an all-pro player. Uh, he would turn Josh Allen. He would, he would maximize Josh Allen. He would take the parts on defense that aren't great, and he would make them great. And his ability to add in the offseason to fortify those lines, there's no one that I would have more confidence in. So the fact that what Belichick's weaknesses are are not weaknesses here and what his strengths are are absolute weaknesses here, again, this is not anti-Doug Peterson. What this is is a situation where you've got Trent Baalke and you've got Press Taylor, and those are problems. Doug Peterson's allegiance to Press Taylor, I believe, is a problem. And we know Trent Baalke is a problem. So you solve it all by making a strong run and, and landing Bill Belichick. And there's nothing stopping you now. Nothing stopping you. And I would make him tell me no. I would make Bill Belichick tell me I do not want to coach Trevor Lawrence. I can certainly understand the argument. I would hire Bill Belichick as the EVP, the Executive Vice President of Football Operations, like we talked about, and he would be over Trent Baalke or whoever the GM is and Doug Peterson, the head coach. I don't know if he wants to continue coaching. We'll see. I, I know that it seems like that as of now, but if he was offered a position like this where he's still involved with football and he gets to be the, the football administrator and the football executive here, I think that would make this team – into a double-digit win team every single season. I wouldn't hire him as a coach, and I wouldn't hire him as an executive. I think his time's done. He's had three losing seasons in the last four. He had a winning – he was 12. He, they were very good when Brady was there. They have not been any good, in not in the one year, not in the two years, not in the three years. They've been no good in the four years he's been gone. They did have one playoff season. They lost in the wild card game. They have not won a playoff game. Since Tom Brady left town, they've played him. They are Owen. He is in four years. He's Owen one in the playoffs since Tom Brady left town. He is seven and nine. They had the 10 and seven season, eight and nine. They won four games this year with him having four years to build the roster. I mean, he was over personnel, him having four years to build it in the fourth year of the post Brady rebuild. They won four games. I think, I think Bill Belichick's the greatest NFL coach of all time. 
and he deserves every bit of every bit of acclaim for being the greatest NFL coach of all time. Whether Brady was there or not, it's hard to win all these games and all these championships, and he deserves everything he got. I don't think Bill Belichick's got it anymore. I don't think the fact that you were once good means you're still good. I think wherever he goes, I think the best thing Bill Belichick could do for Bill Belichick is to retire. I don't. I think he can still retire now and is the greatest coach of all time. But after four losing seasons in New England, if he goes somewhere else and loses again, I, I, I do not think. I, I, I don't think. I don't think Bill Belichick's a good hire for the next job. Not just Jacksonville. I don't think he's a good hire. I, I again, he's. And, and not it's not really the age thing because I think Nick Saban would be a great hire. Where if he, you know what I mean? I don't, Nick Saban could go anywhere in college football and be a great hire. But I don't, I don't, I don't think Bill Belichick's a great hire. I think his time again. He's had four years, not one or two, four years since Brady left. Four years to rebuild it, and in year four of the rebuild, they won four games. Couldn't pick a quarterback. Couldn't figure out who his quarterback was. The uh, so so so, and I'd, I'd, I I would I wouldn't touch him if I was the Chargers. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Now, of course, the Chargers may get Harbaugh, but I. I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch him from the Falcons. I. I would get a guy, who's again because you were once good doesn't mean you are still good. And so, in in my mind, I mean, I said the same thing. About, by the way, I wouldn't have Steve Spurrier when he was seventy two. I wouldn't have hired him. What's Spurrier now? Seventy eight. When mm-hmm. Spurrier was seventy, I wouldn't hire Spurrier seventy two. And I think Spurrier is the greatest coach of my lifetime. In my lifetime, I think he's the greatest coach. But I. But I think there's a time when you when you're not in anymore. So. Let me ask you this. What do you think will happen with, with Belichick? Because to your point, he hasn't said he doesn't want to do it, and there, there seems to be a belief he's going to do it. I do think most people expect Harbaugh to the Chargers. So does he land in Atlanta? I mean, what does he really do? Does he land in Atlanta or somewhere like that? What do, I, what do you think? If I had to predict it based on the jobs open now, I think it would be the Falcons. Because I, I do think the Falcons is appealing. You just don't have the quarterback. Well, if you're Bill, you don't, you know, I don't, I don't know that you're, you're putting your, your stock in, you know, hey, I'm going to trade for Justin Fields or, you know, I'm going to sign Kirk Cousins or, you know, I'm, maybe it's Gardner Minshew is my guy or I, I just, I, so I, to answer your question, I think it's Atlanta based on the jobs that are open now. Of course, we still have wild card weekend and there's usually a job that pops open uh, because a playoff team loses and, and, and they move on from that coach. So, you know, the carousel, we've got a, Quarter of the jobs are open right now. That number could could go up. And you called it by the way. There were six. You said it would get to eight, and you, you said it would get to eight, and that the Patriots would be one of them. And so it did. Yeah, and so we'll, so based on now, I would say Atlanta. But you know, look, if Green Bay upsets Dallas and they fire McCarthy, I would and, and, absolutely and, think Jerry Jones being and a that is real, isn't it? I think it's real. I think I, it should be honestly. I think it should be real for the Jaguars. This is professional football. Yeah. Okay. This is the ultimate poker game. And if there is an asset out there that can be acquired like Bill Belichick, I think you've got to make a run at him. Now, again, it's not, a, it's not anything against Doug Peterson. Yeah. Uh, now, it is something against where they are as an organization with Trent Ball. It just it gets rid of all of your issues. Right. No, but, but, you, but I think we know they're not firing Doug Peterson. I mean, I think we know that. We, we know Doug, Doug's probably coming back. I mean, and, and, I, and I, just, I, I, really, I, think Doug, I think they're going to do really good things under Doug. I'm a big Doug Peterson guy. And I think they're going to do really good things under Doug. So we pretty much know that's not that's a non-starter. It's a fun radio topic. But I think Dallas firing McCarthy, if they don't, if they if they lose early, I think it's a real. I mean, that's like real, real, and that's a hell of a job because they're they're good at every position. Well, right, and it speaks to two different levels of organization. It speaks to a serious organization and a not serious organization. 
the not serious organization that just went nine and eight in two straight years and had an epic collapse wouldn't view it as let's go and and get better at that position. A team that's had a much better year uh, and made the playoffs and won a division would look at it and say, this isn't good enough and we need to make a change. Lauren, if you could have next year Doug Peterson or 72-year-old Bill Belichick as your head football coach, who would you take? Doug Peterson. Yeah. I think I think Bill Belichick doesn't necessarily connect and relate to the players like he once did. And I think Doug does a great job of that. I mean, he has tons of experience, and he's been super successful, absolutely. But I do think the game has changed, and that's why I would keep him on as more of an administrative role. Yeah, I, 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 I would. And and I and by the way, this is a the topics and all the open jobs and the available coaches. But I'll say what I said yesterday. I and I may be the biggest dummy in the room. Won't be the first time. I think. Good things are going to happen with the Jags with Doug Peterson and Trent, and, uh, Trent Baalke and, and, and Trevor Lawrence. I don't know that Trent Baalke's here for the long haul. I said, I'll said i say what I said again yesterday. I would like to – and this is no knock on Trent, Doug, anybody else. I would make Tony Baselli a prominent member of my football decision-making staff. He's super smart. He's passionate. He's one of the smartest people I know. He's passionate. He's probably the best football person I know. And nobody that – ever walked into that building in a pos- in a position of significance will ever care more than that son of a bitch. Well, no, no one, no one, again, it's great. It's okay if you care, if you're not capable. No, if, if, if John Elway could get hired by the Broncos and John Lynch could be hired by the 49ers and we're hiring Matt Millen and whoever, some failed, some succeeded. If ever you were going to hire a former part of your football DNA, the Jacksonville Jaguars hiring Tony Baselli should be next. I mean, should, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind. There's no doubt in my mind about that. But I, uh, so I, so I think the Jags are headed to good things with Doug Peter. I, I'm a big Doug guy and I'm a big Trevor guy, so we'll see what happens. But back to what, what really might happen here, the Cowboys thing. The Cowboys could fire McCarthy. I don't think they're going to because they've had a really good year. And because I think they're going to win. Yeah, and they may win the whole damn thing. So, but I, but I, but I think it's, but I think I could see Belichick in Washington. That one, because of the heritage of the franchise, I think I see that one. I don't see the Falcons, although it could happen. Falcons pick eighth, by the way. So, yes, they don't have a quarterback. They could trade up to get a quarterback. They could also pick a quarterback at eight that they feel comfortable. And and, and you illuminated it to me. You you, you made the point yesterday. I didn't realize that the roster isn't bad, and you're right. I mean, other than quarterback, there are some pieces there, and you're right about that, including, obviously, a great running back, you know, so – but I, I do think Harbaugh is going to the Chargers. I could see Belichick, but I still say – I'm going to say what I said yesterday until I'm wrong, which I might be. I don't think Belichick's coaching again. I think that doesn't mean he won't flirt with jobs or entertain them. I don't think he's coaching again, which makes this carousel really interesting. I mean, it really does. I do think Vrabel winds up with the Patriots. I do. Even think, though the reports immediately, as soon as Belichick was yeah. out, was that it's going to be Gerard Mayo, the, well, the linebackers and, coach, and and Gerard Mayo. Some people believe he's been guaranteed the job. There, there's there's some scuttlebutt, right? Which is a possibility, I suppose. I guess I I think it's Vrabel. I do too. But but you're right though, Lauren. There, that is all the talk. I mean, Dan Lanning was going to Alabama as, as of, according to reports as of yesterday. Also, yeah, yeah. yeah. So reports so, can be wrong. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. So we'll so we'll see what winds up happening. I, I um, but it's a fantastic carousel. And again, I'm going to get buckle uh, up. We've got our we've got our Duval County Scholar athlete coming up. But at the four o'clock hour, I'm going to make my point about the possibility of, of Alabama and Mike Norvell, which I think is 
for our listeners around here, a really interesting deal because, again, I thought yesterday no chance. No chance. I thought Dan Lanning was a coach. I don't, I don't think he, in terms of resume measurement, is first. I think there's two or three people that would want the job that are ahead of him in terms of measurement of, of resume. But do they fit because of all the reasons we said in the first segment? I don't think so. And, and I think maybe Dornville does. So uh, that all comes up in just a bit. Glad you're with us. Frank Frangie, Hayes Carline, Lauren Brooks, RJ Saunders on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. And now, this week's Scholar Athlete of the Week. Brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialists and the Plumbers and Pipefitters Local Union 234 on 1010XL. It is time for our Duval County Scholar Athlete of the Week. We have Zachary Joyner joining us. Joyner joining. Wow, that's a tongue twister. From Stanton. And Zach, thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. All right. So let's get it to your athletic career first, then we'll get to academics in a little bit. Tell us about your most recent game last night. Uh, we had a um, gateway quarterfinal matchup against uh, Inglewood last night. Um, it went all the way to uh, penalty kicks. Um, it was super nerve-wracking, but we uh, pulled it off, and we play AC tonight. That's awesome. So tell us all about soccer. How long you played? How did you get into it? Why is soccer special for you? Uh, I've played since I was around uh, four or five. We have an alert. Sorry. Emergency alert on the phones. We apologize. Yep. The, all the, the Jaguars iPhones. have just hired Bill Belichick. <laughs> <laughs> the iPhones all went off. Go ahead. Um, I played since I was uh, four or five, um, and uh, it's always been a passion for me. Uh, I love playing. love playing on the pitch. Um, uh, it's a great um, thing to keep you in shape. Um, so fun. You meet uh, some of your closest friends, and I uh, absolutely love it. Very cool. You have the greatest voice of any scholar-athlete we've ever had. Your voice was born to be on radio, but you've got bigger aspirations. Tell us about your college plans and what do you hope to do. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm trying to go to the uh, United States Air Force Academy out in uh, Colorado. Um, I hope to become a fighter pilot out there. Um, it's kind of been a dream of mine recently. Um, I know it's like a lot of hard work, but uh, I hope to be there one day. When you tell people you want to be a fighter pilot, how quick does Top Gun come up? It comes up rather fast. They're like, <laughs> Top Gun? And I'm like, no, that's Navy. <laughs> right. You have to set them yeah. straight. Absolutely. Have yeah. you ever been to Colorado? Uh, I have um, been on a couple skiing trips out there. Um, and then I also toured the Air Force Academy once. And then I spent a week out there as well over the summer. Nice. Yeah, Colorado Springs, great place, great, mm -hmm. great part of the country. So, But flying won't be new to you. Tell us all about this. is fascinating. Tell us about that. Yeah, I'm uh, currently working on my uh, pilot's license. Um, I've recently uh, been cleared to start soloing, so I can fly um, a plane by myself um, with an, uh, my instructor staying on the ground. Um, kind of got around 30 hours doing that, and I uh, absolutely love it. No complaints. A little expensive, that? though. How about that? Yeah, that, I guess. that is that is so awesome. And when will you find out about Air Force? Uh, I think that will come late March. So hopefully I'll hopefully I'll get there. When you first told your parents I want to get my pilot's license, you were what like 16, 17? Yeah, around sixteen. How did they react? Um, 
they were they were like surprised at first they were like what and i was like yeah um like i want to be a fighter pilot one day so this is kind of a um stepping stone to that and uh they've supported me since a little nerve-wracking for them to <laughs> i'm uh, sure for me to be up there though and you're also uh, part of it is understanding the math and understanding how you're a great student i mean obviously you've worked really hard on academics i get the hunch that's been very important to you the whole time yes sir uh especially going to stanton where it's kind of a uh, academically focused school um that's definitely a uh, major part of that yeah i mean great grades Great ACT, great SAT, the whole yeah. thing. How much studying goes into piloting? Like, how much do you have to do from out of the textbook before you can even get behind the, the wheel? So, um, might surprise you a bit, but your first time out, you could take off on your own. Wow. Um, and fly around. Flying planes isn't that hard, but it's all the um, information that comes with it is the hard part. Landings, too. That's... Uh, really hard but i'd say like ground school um the textbooks they make it really easy so um you don't have to spend a whole lot of time there yeah. and you're, you're also involved in some community activities as well tell us about those yeah um one of the major ones for me at least is uh camp i'm special it's a uh, special needs camp down in uh, say around the julington creek mandarin area um and they cater to kids with special needs. Um, they give them uh, basically a week of summer camp where they can come and uh, just have a normal life. It's amazing to me and cool how many of our Duval County Scholar athletes are part of I am Camp I Am Special. My daughter did it too, so I mean, I, I it's a it's a cool deal, and it and it it changed her life. And 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 I'm and I'm just hearing you talk about it. It's the first one you brought up, so I so I get it. Uh, Zach, congratulations! Thanks for coming by. Good luck tonight. Thank okay, you. You're, you're healthy. You're able to play tonight? Hopefully, yeah. You're ready to play uh, against uh, Stanton versus AC in soccer. Good luck, Diane. Thanks for coming by. We appreciate it. Thank you. Zach, Zachary Joyner is our Duval County Scholar Athlete of the Week from Stanton, a fantastic athlete, fantastic student, and not only is going to be a fighter pilot, but has already started. That's pretty amazing stuff. Very That's really cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. Wanted to wonder if he knows Jack O'Brien since yeah. Jack flies, yeah. and then maybe one yeah. day he'll be Get flying for Skylife Elite. Elite. How about that? Exactly. I'm just connecting all the dots yeah. over you here. You know what? There's a lot of dots. They're yeah. well connected. So I'm not going to tell him that I hate flying and I yeah. have terrible well, anxiety over a good it. A good pilot like him might change that for Absolutely. you one, one day. So, um, so it was great to have him come by. That, that is really good stuff. The, uh, uh, by the way, very important information. The flight attendant in the AT&T commercial is Jennifer. <laughs> dang it, I had it. Jennifer somebody. Oh, wow. She's done a bunch of commercials. We've done some research. Oh, there's no question. I she saw was, that commercial at least four times during the Florida game last night. Yeah, it was on At least. It was on and I heard the Chicago ad last night, but I was in a different room than dang Gene. Dang it, so we didn't solve the mystery. Yeah, so I still don't know, but they are playing it a ton. I heard yeah. it like four times. Yeah, it's such a great song. They, they were, uh, yeah, so... What do you know? You still know the commercial? I don't, and I didn't want to like ask her, and so I just, <laughs> you know, figured I'll eventually. Well, you see were it. watching the. Th you were I wasn't it. in the same. I was upstairs, and I and she was downstairs, but I could hear it. I didn't want to ask her. Yeah, and so I just was like, because then I got to explain the whole thing, and I just was like. You know they're obviously playing it a lot. So somebody I'll, who I'll knows just tweet us and yeah. solve our mystery. It's more of a, a more of a pickle for you guys, not me. I mean, yeah, I, yeah life life moved on <laughs> for me. But uh, 
<laughs> I'm just <laughs> telling you that they are playing it a lot. They is really it, are. Has yeah. it become more unusual? Is there, <laughs> there something happening? I don't think so. Do you, do, do, tell me the truth. If you, yeah. and, and, and I think on, he's always been like yeah, that. Yeah, well, that's a good point. But be, be honest, if you, and, and you can tell me straight. Do you think he's on drugs? Do you think? Um, not anything I illegal. Mean, more, I mean, more than normal. I think all legal drugs. Okay, well, I just, I just, yeah. well, I've I just got, got her fooled. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but so tell us more about the Meryl Streep of commercial yeah, acting. Yeah, and I, it was Jennifer something, and I paid so much attention that I forgot the last name. But her thing is she's in a bunch of commercials, and she's usually like the victim in the commercials. She's like the normal uh, wife, girlfriend, whatever, in, until the, until there's the cables, until there's Academy Award. Academy Award. Yeah. The uh, I love the fingers. The fingers. I know. Know. The, uh, the, <laughs> with the with the, with the purchase of headphones. Of headphones. Yeah, I, think that's I honestly change the channel as soon as that commercial well, comes on because of my flight anxiety. So I had never well, even seen the part where she gets to the headphones. Well, oh, you haven't. So oh, last wow. night well, it came on and I was like, I I feel like I owe it to myself. I'm gonna well, I'm gonna you know be brave. I'm gonna watch the whole commercial. Well, but but here's the but part. Really I never realized how observant Detective Carlion is. Yes. Yeah. But the guy does look. <laughs> he does look. Yes. The, guy, the guy looks. I told you. At, right at the end. <laughs> if, the guy. I never even noticed. I never even noticed the guy on the far but side. But it's brilliant directing. It is. The guy. It's the best. It's an annoying ad. The guy looks at the phone. Yeah. But it's the best directed and acted. Commercial out there. If they ever remake One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, the flight attendant has got to be cast. Oh, there's well, she's Nurse Ratchet. That's right. There's no. She'd be a phenomenal Nurse Ratchet. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can they move it to like a train or a car or something? <laughs> that would be a lot better for me. Let's take a break. When we come back, I want to get into the Alabama opening. Is Mike Norvell a legitimate candidate? Should he be? Would he be? Uh, we'll continue in a moment. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's an old rock Thursday. Music, the way it should be, or at least used to be, on The Frangie Show. today on Old Rock Thursday, but the question is, is Alabama going to mess around with Florida State's current head coach and break the hearts of Florida State Seminoles everywhere by taking Mike Norvell? What do you think, Frank? Well, here's my theory. I don't think he's first or second on the on the ballot right now. I, I really thought Dan Lanning would be the coach. He's not going to be. The uh, Alabama has everything going for it right now, the facilities, the money, the the heritage, the the, the recent winning so it's going to be a hard job to follow, but a great job to have. I think the names, now that Lanning is no longer in play, I think the names you're going to hear at first, Hayes, are Steve Sarkeesian and, and Kalen DeBoer and Lane Kiffin in whatever order. And Kiffin would, would ride his moped from Oxford to, for Tuscaloosa. I assume DeBoer would. He's, a Tex, he's from Texas originally. Um Sark has got a, has had an interesting background. I just feel like Sark and Kiffin, it's it's a risky next move. They're they've gone through a lot of challenges. They're good buddies, by the way. And they've coached together. They've gone through a lot of challenges together. 
they and, and apart. Lane Kiffin's story is 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 a hard one. Uh, he got the Tennessee job way too early. He got the Raiders job way too early. Fired in what a year or so after the Raiders job. Wound up in Tennessee way too early. Left after a year to go to USC. Uh, flamed out at USC. Uh, looked like he was going to be out of coaching for a while. Did he go to Alabama then FAU? I think it was Alabama. Yes. And rebuilt and, and actually taught Saban the spread offense. Right. And then went to FAU, which is a, obviously an invisible, irrelevant football program. And from there wound up at, at, at Ole Miss. It's been a hard journey for Lane Kiffin. Now, he hasn't had the marquee job for very long. USC was a marquee job. Um, but he's had a lot of head jobs. I think it's risky for him. I think it's a risky – I think he would take it, and I think it's risky for Alabama because as good as he has been in so many fronts, there's certainly some some fronts where he's been questionable. Sark, same thing. Sark had a drinking problem. He got it under control. He's been given new life, and he, and he earned that. He's a good football coach. But he's a – and he's a guy most like, uh, personality-wise, most like Saban. He's crusty. He can be pissy. He's that guy. But I think it's risky for him, too. I think if Kiffin or Sark fail at Alabama, because of their a bit of a charted past, it's a hard next move. And I think because of that past, it may be a tough hire for Alabama. I think DeBoer and Norvell are more clean-cut, haven't had that shot yet, and if either of those guys fail, they can go to the next job. So I almost think DeBoer and Norvell are better fits for Alabama for those reasons. They haven't had as much baggage as both Kiffin and Sark have had. That's my opinion. So if it comes down to Kalen DeBoer and, and Mike Norvell, Mike, they're both from Texas, but DeBoer's been gone for a long time. He's been in the Dakotas. He's been in Washington. Norvell's right here. He has mastered the portal. He's the best portal coach out there. He just got another one from Alabama today, of all things. Um, he, in an age where you better be able to mine the portal, and oh, by the way, Lane Kiffin's doing a good job too, but in an age where you better be able to mine the portal and recruit high schools and connect with boosters and be of an offensive mindset, which I think is what they're going to hire, and young and fit uh, the uh, fit the job, I think the best guy to be after Saban would be Mike Norvell, and I would not be surprised if he's in the mix. Yeah, I, I think he's in the mix for sure. And, it's it's again, it's fascinating because he's tweeting out 12 minutes ago about the portal edition. So, I mean, you know, Mike Norvell is, is tweeting things like, great day to be a Florida State Seminole, big man coming to the Knoll family, and Tribe 24, a futurist bright in Tallahassee, keep climbing. So, I mean, that doesn't seem like a coach that's getting ready to leave, but uh, but again, Nick Saban worked throughout the morning of the day he retired, so and was interviewing coaches. So, I it, it things can change quickly. I, I think it's I don't get a I, it to me the personality fits. I think Mike Norvell could handle the pressure cooker, and I think I think he is really good at creating. A, a great culture in, in the program. We've seen it at Florida State. I just don't know that Alabama is going to hire somebody that's two years removed from losing to Jacksonville State on a Hail Mary. You know, that's what I just don't know if there's going to be enough there. I mean, keep in mind, when they hired right. Nick Saban, I hear you. he'd won a national title at LSU. I mean, right. he had NFL experience, and I didn't go great. But, I, I mean, it's this would be – 
you know, and again, it's not Mike Norvell's fault. He's a relatively young coach. I mean, Kalen DeBoer, it's the same thing. I mean, he's he's got a great coaching record, uh, but a lot of that was at Sioux City. So uh, obviously, he had a you know he's had a great two years at Washington. Uh, he had a good run at Fresno State for a couple of years. So he has maybe a little bit more uh, than than Mike Norvell, but neither have ever coached in the SEC, which is a different animal. Uh, the the recruiting is you know more for DeBoer than Norvell. Norvell's been in the mix in terms of recruiting in the South, uh, so he would have a leg up there. Uh, but you know, it's it's still it makes you wonder is is Dabo really not in this? Like is because it, it it doesn't seem like he said no. I mean, we haven't seen any social media video from Dabo. You know, like running down the hill and saying I'm coming back or anything. So I uh, you know I that may not be his style, but I. It just it it seems like this thing is one or two nose away from kind of falling apart, and it it makes you wonder like what is the plan? But I mean I I think Mike Norvell would be a, a good hire from a fit personality standpoint. I don't know that he's ready for the Alabama job. Yeah, and, and let me ask you this: Is D'Amico Ryan's in play? He uh, he's from he went to Alabama. He's from Bessemer, Alabama. He's a really good football coach. He's a respected young football coach, or is he too NFL? Is he just he's the NFL guy? Is he? Why would you leave when you have C.J. Stroud and you just won the division yeah. in your first year? That's what I go back to. If it had been an unsuccessful here's, season, I feel like that would be more of a of a landing. Spot. Here's the answer: What if he's as Alabama as we are, Florida Gators? And I don't know, but I mean, if he's what if his dream school, the team he rooted he's from Bessemer, the team he rooted for his whole life, the only school he wanted to play, the school he played for. And all of a sudden, and, and, I, and all of a sudden, they come calling. That that there's your why, by the way. And I'm not saying he would, right? But there's your why. There's a lot less pressure in the job he has now than if he were to. There's a thousand take that reasons job. why not to take it. Yeah. But would he consider it? And would how could or, you not? Yeah. And how, how could you not? And would he be a good fit, or is he too NFL? He's never recruited. He's only been in the NFL. I would. I'd be concerned about that. I mean, I. I. It's to me, it's two totally different. Sports, so yeah, I mean the the acquisition of talent is is paramount, and so I, I I I'm not saying I would rule him out, but it would certainly be something that you would have to talk through, and you you'd have to get in front of him and and see how convincing he is in terms of right. letting you think he can do it and go get. I mean Alabama is accustomed to getting a bad year in recruiting for Alabama is third, that's a debacle year for Alabama in recruiting. That's what they are accustomed to. So, you know, that's where you've immediately got to hit. And and that what makes the job, I think, such a challenge is the second that they lose a game that they're not supposed to lose, the second that the five-star that is from Mobile that decides to go to Georgia, it's that's going to be magnified. Because if, if Nick, Nick didn't win every recruiting battle, but he'd won so many of them that's right. that it didn't matter. It, you know, it, and and he never really lost games he wasn't supposed to lose. Matt Hayes has had some phenomenal tweets, and Absolutely. one of one of which was the last three games he lost as the Alabama coach. He lost on a walk off. So I mean, the last three games, yeah, and that's something. So I mean, it's it speaks to you know how just in I mean they just they were ready to play every week. So it's it's just that's what it's going to be so difficult. It is who can step in and and adequately fill that. Uh, and, and again, that's why now that, you know, Lanning is, 
is out, it's it's a tough landscape. I think if if Norvell decides to stay and and Kiffin, you, you know, and, and Kiffin is somebody that they don't feel like is a good fit. You don't think Sark's gonna play? I I just don't know that you leave Texas. I mean. Texas might be the only job, maybe Texas and Notre Dame I hear you. are like the two jobs in college where if you've got that really going, and I'd have to say Sark does. I mean, they just got to the playoff. His quarterback's coming back. They're getting ready to be in the SEC, so they're going to get every benefit of the doubt now that they weren't getting in the Big 12. Like, I, I just, I don't know that I that I would leave if, I, if I'm happy at Texas, and, you know, and I would think he is, so I... I just don't think you. I don't think you leave Texas for Alabama. Not to step into that, where if you go nine and three next year, I mean, Ron Zook only thinks he heard noise in the system. Right. Let let the Alabama coach next year go nine and three, That's which is not point. a bad record. That's a great point. But for them, it will be destruction. Are we overthinking it? Is it just going to be Kiffin and that's that? Kiffin, who's who grew up in grew up in college football, grew up around the South, uh, was on. Saban staff, are we just overthinking it? And Lane Kiffin's going to be announced tomorrow. I mean, it's a possibility. I doesn't. I to me, that's not the route that they would want to go. But that may be the route if they are hearing from Dabo. I'm not leaving Clemson and Sark. I'm not leaving Texas. I don't know about Mike Norvell whether they'd reach out to him or not. But if they're hearing from their top candidates and Landing already said no, then it feels like Kiffin would be someone who wouldn't say no. I just that seems like a job that he will be fired from in three years. Kiffin, your guy, if it's you? Who's your, 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 if your, I was Greg, Alabama, you're Greg Byrne right now. I think it would be Kiffin because I think he has matured. He, obviously, he knows the league. You have to respect what he's doing at Ole Miss. I mean, it, you know, so uh, the recruiting, uh, you know, he, he hasn't been great as a recruiter, but I put that logo on his chest, and I feel like right. that automatically bumps him up a star and a half. And with his ability to shine in the portal – in his offensive mind, yeah, I mean, for me, it would be at this point, I mean, I probably would have taken him over Dan Lanning. It was just Dan Lanning was like the first name that was thrown out there. So it was just the one that everybody sort of fixated on. But if it was me, I'd rather have Lane Kiffin than Dan Lanning. So, I mean, I'm a Kiffin fan, which is funny because I used to think he was an utter joke. But I do think he's grown up. I mean, 15 years ago, I thought he was an utter joke. Now, I think he's a really good football coach. I think he's a really good football coach. I just don't – to me, he doesn't fit Alabama the way that they go about their business. There's Who are you just, hiring? Uh, I think that's a, Greg Byrne. that's a tough question. I, I'm going to try and get Dabo, and I'm going to make sure that he's interested in getting the transfer portal and NIL and all that stuff. Because and by the way, I do think Dabo he takes knows, it. Yeah, he knows Alabama. Dabo takes it. They say he wouldn't get – Dabo takes it. Don't you think? Well, no. You don't think, I, I think don't if Dabo he, – he played there. He grew up on it. I think if I think I think I think if they call Dabo, he takes it now. Well, then to me, it's like why is that not done then? Well, because the only and maybe and maybe it's in the process. I don't know. The question I would have the one the one concern with Dabo is we are getting nearer and nearer to where you have to understand the portal, and he has not been a star of the portal, and they have and they have not been as good of late for that reason. And so, I mean, if he you have now Alabama doesn't need the portal the way Florida needs it or the way Florida State's been using it. But he doesn't know the portal, so so, so your call is to dabble. It is. And I your think call, because it, he played there, and I think he'd take it. Hayes, your call is to Kiffin. Yes. Man, I think my call might be Mike Norvell. So help me if I'm if I'm Alabama, I think my call would be Norvell. Just again, if I'm Florida, 
Miami, so many other schools, my call would be Kiffin before any of them. It's Kiffin first. But I just think there's something about that Alabama dynamic that you need. The guy following Saban should be – I think Lane Kiffin could follow Billy Napier. I think he could follow – Mario Cristobal. I think this microphone could follow Billy Napier. <laughs> I don't know that. I don't know that. That's the guy. I just think there's so much at stake when you're the guy following Nick Saban. You would take Kiffin if you're Florida, or Florida State, or Miami over Dabo. I would. I would. I, I would today's Kiffin again. There's Dabo today, and there's Dabo seven years ago. You know, you're not always the same coach. Yeah, I don't think Dabo's done a very good job adjusting philosophically to the to the portal. Kiffin has been a star at the portal. And so I think so the age has changed. That's why that's why that's why Norvell's so high on my list if I was hiring a guy. I think you better know how to mine that portal. I really I really think that's where it's going. I, I think it now Kirby Georgia Smart, doesn't need the portal. Kirby Smart doesn't need to do it. Yeah. And Alabama probably Alabama doesn't, doesn't need as much other people. But yeah. for the most part, I think you need to under I think you have have to have an awareness of what you can do in that portal. I mean say what you want about Alabama. Alabama got Tennessee's best linebacker and Georgia Tech's best running back. Jameer Gibbs was the best running back in the country, okay? And Alabama doesn't need the portal, but Alabama can go get Georgia Tech's best running back, who's who's great. All right, he's like the best running back in the country, one of the two best running backs in the country. Let's go steal him from 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 Georgia Tech. Well, Clemson would – I mean, Dabo would have to be willing to do that. I don't sense – has Clemson had any significant portal guys come I don't in? Think so. Well, no, because he was adamant about not doing it. I oh, you mean even this offseason? Even this – Yeah, not that I've seen. I can't think of one that has played for him or one that, that I've seen of significance. Let me ask you this. Would Eli Drinkwitz do anything for you? Not yet, not for Alabama, but I think there's something there. Um if uh, Alabama no, and he's already got Missouri, but I could see A&M hired him. If A&M had hired him, it wouldn't have shocked me. Um, not Alabama. Now, Alabama needs more high profile than that. Mike Norvell isn't Lane Kiffin profile, but he's he's a much higher, in my mind, profile than Eli Drinkwitz. You think? Norvell over Drinkwitz? I do, I do. Drinkwitz. Drinkwitz just beat Ohio State in a yeah, New Year's Six he, game. He did, but it was it was Drinkwitz yeah. was invisible until this year. Yeah. Norvell, you could feel it coming a little bit. I, at least I think so. I think so. All right, we'll take a break. More in a moment. Ten ten excel ninety two point five FM. The Frangie Show live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on ten ten XL. Hit back with Hastings. Time now for the Sky Life Elite Take Flight Moment of the Week. Sky Life Elite, North Florida's premier private air charter. Diallo shooting over Dickinson. It's been a career high tonight, season high tonight, nonetheless, for Diallo. We're running with the shadows of the night. So, baby, UCF. How about that? How about that? Taking down the Jayhawks. Wow, what a win for UCF. In Big 12 play, that was the uh, put UCF up with just under three minutes to play. They go on to shock Kansas. Uh, what a season for UCF. What a turnaround. They lost to Stetson earlier this year. Uh, and now to uh, to knock off the number three team in the country, 65-60. What a tremendous win for Johnny Dawkins and the UCF Knights. Johnny Dawkins, former Duke player and a very good coach. Um, that was a great win for them and uh, two good things. A, we found a good win for UCF, and B, we found a new pilot for our friends at Skylife Elite. I know, that was Zachary pretty awesome. From Stanton will be the next pilot that Skylife Elite uh, hires. And again, Skylife yes. Elite does such a great job. If you're looking to go somewhere, do it the right way. Do it the comfortable way with a charter from Skylife Elite, right? That, that's absolutely right. Yeah, this is our first. This is uh, 
take flight history. This is our first non-football wow. take flight moment. Uh, but here we are in basketball season and, and good for UCF. Yeah, give uh, Skylife Elite a call, 490-9332. You can find them at flyskylife.com. They're also on Instagram, North Florida's premier private air charter. And if you're going to pick basketball, I know you pick those every week. Or, uh, big thank you for not picking um, Ole Miss. <laughs> yeah. Shooting 75% in the second half. They made a bunch of them. They were unconscious. It, it was almost – it was unconscious. To well, me, the first half was the worst part, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, as a fan. Florida missed a bunch of layups, and, and so uh, – Like, you lo- knew where it was going. You didn't know quite how it went. Florida anyway. was 10-3 and three when they went in the SEC season. Played a good Kentucky team down the wire, led by eight at the half. Lost at the end by two. And then laid the proverbial egg last night. They're now 0-2 in the league. They're home against Arkansas Saturday. I guess they'll win that one. Then they go to Knoxville. Is that right? Yeah, Arkansas is not great. So I, I, but I, as we sit here right now, I can't predict that Florida's going to win. I mean, they came off of a yes, a good performance against Kentucky, but because they faltered late, they played like crap yeah. last night. So I don't know that they're going to all of a sudden have spark and energy on Saturday, did even you, though it is home. Do you see Kugel's line? Yeah. Oh yeah, four that minutes. Was impressive. Yeah. yeah, four minutes. And His head coach said he didn't have it tonight. That, that that's a problem. That, that they can't get Riley Kugel going. Well, right. And if you if I didn't, he didn't have it tonight. Well, that's that's the indictment is he didn't care. Right. I mean, it's not about if you play four minutes. That's not not having it. That means you're you're lackadaisical. You're not trying very hard. I'm not sure Kugel's very good. He's certainly talented, but he goes through the motions. He he plays out of control. He turns the ball over left and right. Look, mm-hmm. I hate to say it, they're not very good. I they they've got a lot of nice pieces. They're big. Uh, I thought with the seven-one guy, hand locked in with a six-eleven guy from Australia, Condon and Tyree Samuel, six-ten and a physical player. I thought they're and and I love the two guards. The two guards I think are good. I think Clayton and Pullen are good. They need some help though. That's all they got. Yeah, I, I think that. I mean, Richard looked like he was good. Richard can't throw it in the ocean now. Right. I mean, I I, I mean, I and they just have nothing. I mean, defensively, they've just. I mean, right. we saw it against Baylor. I could kind of forgive that because right. Baylor is Baylor. sort of known. Yep. They have that reputation. But uh, to have what happened last night with Ole Miss, to shoot 59% from the field for the game, I mean, just to put that in perspective, the NCAA leader right now in field goal percentage is at 54%. That's the, so to shoot 59% in a game, right. that's five percentage points higher than what the best team in Division One right. basketball shoots. Yeah, they, so it's unbelievably high. Yeah, and yeah. And, a, and so much of that is just defensive effort. Yeah, and they and they miss, but even a lot of times you'll miss some shot. They they miss nothing. They they everything they looked at they made. Yeah, every fadeaway jumper was in, and then obviously lots of threes were in too. But they didn't really even need to rely from beyond the arc because they were so good in the paint. I think, Frank, if Tyrese Samuel has a bad game, this Florida team, there's no chance that they win. And he obviously had the fouls early. He, I think, is one of the more important players. The guards are for sure. But he's, I think, going to be someone that, kind of like Colin Castleton, if he doesn't have a good game, then the team's not going to win. Yeah, he, and, he, and he's, yeah, he's just okay. He's, he's big and physical. He has his moments where I think he's really talented. Yeah, and yeah. then no, I think he is talented. Last but, night, not so much. Yeah, you know, he's talented. But, but I just watching him. They're just okay, you know. I I was hoping that they were better than they turned out to be. Uh, as you watch them, they're they're listen. They're um, they're one of those weird teams. They have the pieces, but they don't. I mean, you get you. I mean, I love their pieces. Don't didn't you get the impression watching? Uh, but but sometimes you can have the piece that doesn't come together. Uh, and 
Kugel's no. What happened? To, what do you think? I don't know. That's really puzzling that uh, that Golden hasn't been able to connect with Kugel this season at all. So uh, that's got to get fixed uh, if if they're going to amount to anything. And and right now they're out. I mean they, I I do like a lot of the team, uh, but it's got to start coming together pretty soon. Uh, and or it's it's going to get ugly quick. And so. They, they've they've got to get going. They've got to win these next couple, find their footing. Uh, I I I again. I think in a month they could be really dangerous, but they they can't just have a disastrous month. They've got to at least be able to tread water until they hit their stride and their peak. So I haven't lost all hope, but I have been rattled by how uh, certainly rattled. I, the Kentucky game was disappointing. It's Kentucky, okay? I'm, I'm never going to be overly concerned when Kentucky comes in and wins a game, uh, particularly when they're, like, almost – I think they're top five in the nation in scoring this year. They're just – they're unbelievable on the fast break. So, there's – a lot of teams are going to have trouble with Kentucky. But, uh, but yeah, to lose to Ole Miss, who hadn't really been tested uh, and was coming off a loss, and to lose in the fashion they did, that's concerning because it speaks to – you know, we, we talk about this with the, with the portal era. On paper, these things can look nice, but how well will the players gel? What have the players been promised? What are their expectations? And the Florida basketball team is looking like a team in which there's maybe some discontent, certainly with Kugel, and you wonder if it you know, is, is beyond that. Florida, four of the five losses have been to teams coached by Scott Drew, Tony Bennett, John Calipari, and Chris Beard. So as much as last night I was furious with the effort or lack of effort, it is, I need to, I feel like, keep it in perspective that it is a long season and they are still very new to one another. And basketball is all about how you gel. The only team that really does that year in, year out is Cal's Kentucky. For the most part, you need guys that have been there for a few years to understand the system, and that's what Ole Miss had last night. How about this? Georgia under Mike White? Mm Mm-hmm. 12-3, 2-0 Twelve and three, two and zero oh in the league, ten wins in a row. Uh, they beat they beat Florida State like Florida did. They beat Wake Forest, who Florida didn't beat. Uh, they didn't have a very tough schedule necessarily, but uh, they beat Missouri and Arkansas so far in the they league. They won at Missouri, and then they won at home against Arkansas. That would sting if they're all of a sudden. And I'm not sure they're good. They're about to play Tennessee, but that would sting if they're. But it would sting if they're good. If they turn out to be good, I would be no good. I would not. Yeah, that would that would be a problem. Yeah, that would be that a would problem. absolutely. <laughs> well said. That would be if they turned out to be good. That would be a little bit of a problem. I, I would agree with you. So, but they're two and zero. Oh, they've won ten in a row. They're twelve and three. Ten straight wins. Two and zero oh in the league. They're at home against Tennessee. Then they play at South Carolina and at Kentucky. It's a hard league, by the way. I mean, the bottom line is it's a tough league. Yeah, but Georgia is eighty second in the net, right. and Florida is like fifty sixth. So the Gators still have a sizable lead in terms of right. that metric, but but eight. Florida was way above Ole Miss too. And Ole, and Ole Miss hung yeah. hundred. Yeah, on. So. that they was the first on. time Ole Miss had scored over hundred points in how long? I think amazing. twenty plus 20 years. Plus. Florida, by the way, has been favored in these last two games. Yeah, I mean yeah. They, these were both upsets. Correct. They were yeah. I mean, a slight favorite. Yeah, that's but they good. were favored to right. beat yeah. Kentucky, right. and they were favored to win yeah. last night. I'm guessing that's going to start changing. Yes, I, 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 maybe they'll be favored against Arkansas because they're at home. But I think the look, I you see the pieces and they look good. I thought ten and three, they looked like they'd have a good a good team, and then but I mean every time you watch them, they they never pull ahead of anybody. They don't go on very many runs. The only runs they go on are one of the, one of those two guards get going. When 
when Clayton when Clayton's making everything or pulling, I mean those two those two guys are good. The problem is the rest of them are just again the pieces are there, but I'm not sure the team's very good. All right, let's talk college football. What about the Gator football program? Where's that thing headed? Uh, it's time for our Woolsey Morecambe College Football Report. Mark Long, our buddy from AP, joins us after this. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's the National College Football Report, brought to you by the law firm of Woolsey Morecambe on The Frangie Show. It is the Woolsey Morecambe National College Football Report. Frank Frangie hates Car Lion with you. Our buddy Mark Long kind enough to join us from the Associated Press. Mark, have you been following that Billy Napier to Alabama story closely? <laughs> I assume you probably have. No, Mark? Hey, I'm here. Hey, here we go. Okay. Are you there now? Here we go. Okay. Let me, yeah. let me, let me try that again. Better, I had a, I had a better late than never. I had, a, right. I had a wonderfully fun question. Let's try that again. Hey, Mark, are you following that Billy Napier to Alabama story? How about that? <laughs> Hey, listen, I heard Scott Strickland on the radio last week, and if you listen to that interview with with Steve Russell over in, in Gainesville, you would have thought they were worried. I mean, you know, Billy's got him on the right track. You've got to be kidding me. Great. Oh, uh, I urge you to go listen, if you haven't listened, to Scott Strickland wax poetically about the direction of the Florida football program. It was It was something. It was something. So, so let they, me, they're patient. You gotta have patience. So let me let me ask you, Mark. You've covered that thing closer than anybody in these years. What number one? Why is it gone? Has it not gone better under Billy? Is it is it the coordinator? He certainly seems dysfunctional along the sideline. Did he not recruit as well as we had thought? Uh, big picture. I got a lot of specific questions, but big picture from your vantage point. Why is it? Why has it gone badly? Well, he. I think first of all, first first and foremost, and Scott said this, and I agree with it, is that he inherited a 15-year up and down, inconsistent, no real growth program. Yeah, true. And it was it was two steps forward, one and a half steps back, two steps forward, three steps back. So I do think that he took over a program that that was in a hole, and getting out of that hole is going to be a little bit longer than what people want. And then everything else around it. I'll say this, and it goes for Doug Peterson. When, when, and Brian Kelly at LSU, when you're firing coaches two years into your regime, that is pointing the finger at yourself because you screwed up. You screwed up royally by, uh, by putting your staff together. And in Billy Napier's case, he was given a blank check, Frank, blank check. Do what you want. You go build the program. You can add 150 analysts, 200 analysts, whatever you want to add. Support staff. This and that. He got a blank check. Hire whoever you want to hire. And he didn't hire the right people because if he hired the right people, he wouldn't have had guys bailing after one year to go to the NFL, to go somewhere else, blah, blah, blah. He wouldn't have guys he has to fire in year two. So that's part of it. He didn't hire the right people around him. He doesn't have the right people around him. He clearly needs help on game day management. Has he fixed the offense? I, you know, I'll give him a B plus because I do think that last year or two years ago, 2022, they were able to run the ball. Last year, they were able to throw the ball. I think he did some things with Graham Mertz, with Ricky Pearsall, with, you know, Trevor Etienne. There was, there was some growth on offense. But, you know, what they do? They took a step back on defense. 
And you thought he was trying to fix that with Austin Armstrong. Now, all of a sudden, he's basically hired Armstrong's mentor, one of his mentors, and Roberts, Roy Roberts, to bring him in to basically seems like what seems like is a babysitter role. It didn't work with a 29-year-old. He's now 30. So let's bring in Daddy to oversee him. So there's a lot of missteps along the way, Frank. I know I don't know if I answered your question. Well, you did, but it is there's a lot of missteps along the way. I do think he could get it fixed. It all starts with recruiting, right? And the recruiting was, you know, was downright. I don't want to say awful because that's not what it was. It was awful given where you thought it was going to be. And when you go from three to sixteen, nobody does that. Nobody. You know, I can recall since rankings started coming out, we had that kind of precipitous of, of a fall in a matter of weeks, days, you know, kind of thing. And will he recover? Maybe. I think he's done some things in the transfer portal, not a lot, but a little bit, enough to where, you know, maybe they've filled some holes. What do you think is going to happen in terms of an offensive coordinator and a special teams coordinator? Well, I think Lagway summed it up last week down in Orlando, and he said, Billy's calling play. Everything, I would think that if your star, five-star recruit quarterback is saying, he's talked to Billy Napier, and Billy Napier is going to call plays, you got to think if Billy Napier was going to turn that over to somebody, maybe Lagway's in the loop, maybe not. Uh, probably not, really, but maybe you, you at least give that guy a heads up so that he's not blindsided if and when it happens. So my belief now is Billy's calling plays. I think he's getting help on the defensive side of the ball. He's changing out strength and conditioning, and he looks at offense and does not see a problem or at least a biggest problem as some of the other areas. Mark, as you look at this team overall, I mean, brutally hard schedule. Um, Okay roster, I think. Young roster again. Everything points to another 500-ish season. Could he survive that? I mean, what's he got to do to be the coach in 25, in your opinion? It's got to look different. That's what I've been told. Yeah. It's got to look different. So the record, everybody in that building understands what they're up against in terms of the daunting schedule. They did that to themselves, right? It wasn't, you know, that's not like, Right. They just fell into that schedule. They 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 set that up themselves, uh, and so that's that's going to be taken in taken into consideration when you're talking about Billy Napier's future. What it, what it can't look like is what it can't it can't look like what it's looked like the last two years, where it just looks disorganized. Special teams, number of players on the field. It can't. What happened at Arkansas can't happen again. And if it happens again early in the season, wow, I don't know. I don't know, Frank. I mean, do they – are you making a move that early in the season? Maybe not. Right. But certainly you get you get two bye weeks this year. You get to those bye weeks, it better look different, or I do believe they'll be making a change before year three is up. Mark, what? obviously guys are going to leave and enter the portal, and, and that's fine. But when it's star players – how concerning was that, that uh, Princely and, and ETN both decided to, to go to different schools? Oh, it's, it's the kick in the butt. I mean, like, and the really, they thought Princely was going to go pro. So that wasn't like this huge loss. Now, it stinks because it doesn't play out like you want, and he ends up at Ole Miss, and he's going to be in the swamp on senior night. 
which is just, you know, a double whammy to some regard. But you thought he was going pro. You thought he was going to move on. You weren't anticipating him being around. ETN's a whole different deal. They were blindsided. Everything I've talked to, everybody I've talked to over there, they were blindsided by ETN, which is crazy because, you know, anybody who talked to his brother or follows his brother on Twitter knew that transferring was an option all year and probably in, in the family's mind. So that one, but it caught him by surprise and, and really doubled Billy over, I think, on to some regard because that was a guy they wanted to build around. So huge losses for sure. You lose your best player on each side of the ball. You're not going to replace them with guys in the building. That's, I, don't, I just don't think Treon Webb is going to become – you know, Trevor Etienne. I don't think uh, Caleb Banks or one of these guys, you know, maybe some of these younger guys, maybe they become Princely Human, but he was a pretty good pass rusher. He was their pass. He was right. basically their sole pass rush last year. So, and you look at what they've got coming in, you know, they do have some edge guys. They've got some line. So they've got some place, some, some pieces, but do you want to rely on freshmen again? We saw that last year. We saw what happened. Go look, and Scott brought this up last week. Go look at the two deep for, you go look at Florida State's two deep, but if you want to go look at Michigan's two deep and Washington's two deep, you're not going to find a lot of freshmen and redshirt freshmen. Florida was playing seven of them, starting seven of them, in you know, the entire secondary for that matter. So, you know, you gotta you got to be older in today's, college football world and that's not that's not anything that's new that's kind of been the way it's the way of the world forever but you need to be older now what i will say is you can get older in a hurry through the transfer portal and you know that's what florida is trying to do i don't know if they're doing it but that's what they're trying to do so that they're not so reliant on these freshmen and the big thing is the other thing is frank you got to keep your freshmen and they haven't done a good job of that when you look at billy's first class i think six six or seven of the top 10 guys are gone so including maybe four of the top five. Right. So that's the part. You can't lose the talent you have in-house, the talent you're building with, and he's done that. So that's another big red flag. Well, and that's the thing. Mark Long with us. Uh, it's our Woolsey Morecambe National College Football Report. Mark, uh, of course, still covers the Gators and the Jags for AP. But that's the thing. They keep losing guys. So that's my next question. I mean, not just Princely and Trevor Etienne, but Scooby Williams and Chris McClellan and guys that were contributing – Mark, why are they all leaving? Do they feel like they're not poorly, co- they're not well coached? Do they think, hey, look, we're going to win five games again next year? I'd rather go somewhere where they're going to win ten. I mean, what's your reason for so much of a mass exodus for players that are down there? Well, ETN for sure. I know this firsthand. He was tired of getting hit four yards deep in the yeah. line of scrimmage, and he didn't feel like there was any plan in place to that was going to fix the offensive line immediately. Gotcha. gotcha. So he looked at that and said. I can't keep running behind this line. You know, it's just, it's not productive. It's not productive if I'm going to make it in the NFL. It's not productive for me trying to put up numbers, score touchdowns, get to the college football playoffs. So he took off for that reason. You go look at Princely Umalalan, and he made, he laid it out pretty clearly. He did, he thought the strength and conditioning program was trash. And he thought that they were, you know, training for marathons instead of preparing to play in the rough and tumble SEC. They weren't lifting as many weights. They were running, conditioning, conditioning, running, conditioning. And you don't get big and strong by doing a lot of running. In fact, go look around at most runners. They're skinny dudes. Yeah. So 
you know, when, when you lay it out like that and then you look at what Billy did, firing his nutritionist, firing, not firing, but reassigning, demoting the strength and conditioning coordinator, it, those are a more big red flags. Something wasn't right in the development side of, of what they're trying to get done. So, you know, can you fix those in a year? Maybe. Probably unlikely, leaning to unlikely. So if Bill, but, but if Billy can fix the operational stuff, I think we'll get time to fix everything else. But it ha- cannot look like it's looked for two years. How do you think he'll handle Mertz and Lagway? He better play Lagway. This is, this is not, you know, kudos to the teams that can sit there with a five-star freshman, Arch Manning, Texas, and they can languish on the bench and, and be fine. That is not the way of the world in the everywhere else. So I think you got to find a way to, to play Lagway and play him early, play him often. This this better not be we're going to get him four games so he can redshirt scenario. This better be we're going to get him in and and make the most of him. He is a five star talent, the best quarterback to come through here probably since Tebow Cam Newton. Right? I can't imagine uh, they've had anybody. I mean, Richardson was a hot, was, but I don't know if he was this. I mean, Lagway, we've been hearing about Lagway for three years now. So I would say you come in, you, Graham Mertz is the guy, Lagway's the backup, you're getting him in games, you're finding spots for him, better, more spots than Dan Mullen found for Anthony Richardson early on. And then eventually you're turning it over to him. And I don't know if that's week six before Georgia late whatever, after Georgia, whatever it is, I think at some point you need to transition from Graham Mertz to DJ Lagway because that's going to help you down the road, and it might buy you a little time with the fan base and the administration. Mark, final question here. So so we, we know what's ahead of them. A, a young roster again with a lot of departees, not much change on the offensive side of the ball and a brutal schedule. Um, can he survive? I mean, I mean, do you think he? I mean, yeah. is, is there? I mean, I mean, I mean, can he survive this? I mean, we all figure if he gets to seven or eight wins and it looks more functional, he gets fourth year four. Can they get there? In your opinion, boy, Frank, I, he can. I, I think he can get there. I think it helps that you know they're gonna their schedule as daunting as it looks. There's still some holes there. There's still some question marks on their schedule for the other for the opponents. They're not gonna have a lot of question marks. They're gonna they know what they got at quarterback. They, for the most part, know what they're going to have at running back, receiver. They got pieces on that side of the ball. Defense will be a little bit, some turnover there, offensive line for sure. The bigger question, I think, Frank, that goes into that is, can he can he fix himself? Yeah. Because that's really where it starts. Can he, can he get out of his shell? Can he get out of his comfort zone? Can he not be so dependent on the play calling sheet. Like, you know, I've heard stories where they come up with this trick play every week. They have put in a trick play and it doesn't matter score momentum. What if they get to a down and a distance at the yard line where they want to run this, they're running it plain and simple. And that's the kind of stuff that's just head scratching and mind numbing and gut wrenching. Get away from that. Have to show that you have a feel, some feel for the game in terms of, you know, when to go for two, when to use your timeouts. That's a, I just wonder if that's even fixable. Like you talk about what's the path out of this. Well, it's fixing that, but that's 
changing Billy Napier. And I don't know that Billy Napier is sitting there in front of the mirror this offseason and, and thinking, how can I change who I am? Because that's really what it seems like is going to take for this to work eventually. Yeah, you're right. And, 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 here, and there's two parts. That, that's a great answer because there's two parts to that answer. One is, can you change your philosophy, your mindset, who you are, how you think? No. But can you become more efficient at the stuff that we all know you're not very good at using timeouts and format? And you're right. And 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 by the way, if you can't fig- if you can't figure that out, Mark, he's not going to be a good coach anywhere, right? I mean that's right. that's not a Florida thing. So so we'll see. Interesting stuff. Great work as always, Mark. Mark uh, Long checking in from the AP part of the Woolsey Morecambe National College Football Report. Thanks, bro. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, Mark Long. He does a great job. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mark Mark, Mark really Mark's a guy that understands the deal. You know what I mean? I mean, he, he's got a pretty good idea. He's very connected both with the Jags and the Gators. Does a wonderful job. Uh, one hour to go. Back in a moment. 1010XL 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Here, that means it's time for more football. Football! Football at 5. 5 o'clock somewhere. On the Frangie Show. Benatar and Old Rock Thursday, always a Stanley Pools Thursday, rocking along with us today. In case you've been, I don't know, away from all televisions and internet over the last couple of days, there have been several coaches to walk away or step down or be relieved of their duties. One of those, the arguably greatest NFL coach of all time, Bill Belichick. Frank, I've got some updated odds as to where he lands. Okay. See if you agree or disagree. The Falcons, that's the best yeah. odds for Bill Belichick to be the Falcons head coach. Hayes, Hayes said that on Twitter earlier this morning. I think Hayes, it's okay. Then the Commanders. That's the one I think. Then the Titans. That would surprise me. Is it at all possible? Now, Gerard Mayo is so right flipped. now, that would be so crazy to me. If Yes, if Vrabel goes to the Patriots and if Belichick went to the Titans, that would be a bizarro world. But Gerard Mayo is such a heavy favorite right now for the Patriots that they took those odds even off the board. Uh, after the Titans, the Panthers, then the Chargers, Raiders, Seahawks. How about that? What do you think about that order? By, by the way, this flopping makes me think of Fritz Peterson and Mike Kekich. I'll bet you guys have never heard of either one of them, have you? I have not. No. Okay. Fritz Peterson and Mike Kekich. Tell you the story in a moment. Back to the uh, back to the list. Do you agree with the list? I I would take the field because the field gives me the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> And uh, right. and and again, the cons are enamored with Bill Belichick. I uh, they always have been, the crafts, the whole thing. And uh, again, I I would not discount that that could happen. What this organization needs is attention to detail. And for whatever you want to say about Bill Belichick as a talent evaluator, particularly in recent years at quarterback and receiver, because the Patriots' offense certainly is is broken in terms of talent. Uh, what he would bring to the Jaguars that already has the quarterback and already has the skill guys, the attention to detail he would bring would be the difference in getting this thing turned around. There is a striking lack of detail 
That's what we talked about every week. I don't know that we ever used the phrase, you know, that the lack of detail is holding them back, but that's what the season was. Uh, offensively, they were a mess operationally from week one to week 18. Defensively, they got really bad in the back half uh, in terms of fitting the run, coverage assignments. Thing, those are the things that go away if Belichick arrives. And again, I think he can build an offensive line. I think he can build an interior defensive line. But with the talent the Jaguars have on defense, with the talent that they have on offense, Trevor Lawrence, uh, and again, this is not, I, I think Doug Peterson has done a good job. This is not a Doug Peterson is, is, is not, he obviously did a terrible job in the last six weeks of the season, but Doug Peterson is a good coach in this league. But if you have an opportunity to go get Bill Belichick, even for three or four years, you have to at least entertain it. And, and again, I, I, I think it'll be the Falcons if every job that's open now, if, if these are the jobs. If there's no other job that opens, I think he goes to the Falcons. But I think, uh, I think Bill Belichick, I think he would be more interested in the Jaguars than the Falcons. It's a better job. You have your quarterback. And uh, – I, I think we're still a long way from knowing on on where Bill Belichick is going to coach. Yeah, I think I don't think the Jags will be in play. I think the Jags have their coach. We'll we'll, we'll see if I'm wrong, but I, I don't think the Jags are in play or should be. But I do think I'll stand by, I'll stand by what I said before. I don't think he's going to coach again. I I mean now look all the all everybody else seems to think he is. I would say the Commanders, if anywhere, it just seems like a heritage franchise there. And I said that earlier. I would think that's where he lands because I think. I do think Harbaugh's landing in with the Chargers, uh, and so 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 we'll see. I, I but again, I'm I'm not convinced he coaches again. I almost hope he doesn't. I because I think again, his last four years, he's had one winning season and three losing seasons, and he is not. They have not won a playoff game since Tom Brady left town, like zero. And so I mean zero playoff wins since Tom Brady left town. So I I I, I don't think Bill Bill Belichick of today is Bill Belichick of Seven years ago, I just don't, and so, uh, but but we'll see what winds up happening with him. Um, my guess is he doesn't coach again. The other news uh, that we've been following, talking about, is Nick Saban, and what happens at Alabama, and that's a hard. Again, it was very easy when we thought Dan Lanning was the guy. There are reports now that that same plane that went from Eugene to Tuscaloosa is now going from Seattle to Tuscaloosa. Well, if Kalen DeBoer gets the offer, he's the coach. Right. I, I don't think there's any debating that. I, I think if, if Kalen DeBoer gets an offer to be the head coach at Alabama, I think he takes the job. And sorry, sorry, Washington, but you go hire the BYU guy or whoever you, Washington normally hires. But, I, uh, but I, I would be surprised if it's not him. But, again, if it's not Lanning and it's not DeBoer, then it's anybody's game, and then I do think Mike Norvell could be in play. I think at the end of the day Mike Norvell is not going to be the next Alabama coach. And that's good news for FSU because he's loading up in that portal again. It looks like he's going to have a good team again. But I would think uh, I almost – again, I, I don't want to say I think it's DeBoer now because I thought it was landing yesterday, and it's the same thing. But it certainly seems like that's the direction. Yeah, it's it's interesting. DeBoer doesn't have SEC experience. Will that be a problem for Alabama? It, it should certainly be a discussion point for them. Uh, he has an exquisite coaching record, uh, but some of that was it. Uh, lower division school, so uh, and then Fresno State. So he's only been in in really the quote big leagues for a couple years, but he's been wonderful at Washington, and uh, you know so obviously he makes a ton of sense from an X's and O's standpoint. 
and from a game management standpoint, his record in, in close games is outstanding. So, I mean, there, there's a lot to like. But I do think you have to worry about the recruiting in the South component of all of this. Because that's, look, if you're Alabama, you have to look at, well, how did the Saban dynasty start? Well, it started with landing Julio Jones. Uh, it started there, and then it followed with about a million five-star prospects beyond Julio Jones in the years to come. So who is going to be able to do that? The Alabama logo on your chest when you walk into high schools, that's going to carry a ton of weight. But you still need a guy that can go and close the deals. And so, you know, that's where I think, again, somebody with experience in the SEC, I think Lane Kiffin makes the most sense if Alabama is comfortable with the personality. And and they've, they should know it really well. He worked there. So uh, I think it's going to end up being Lane Kiffin. Because ultimately, I think Alabama is going to say, we need somebody who knows the rigors of this conference. And Lane Kiffin has done an incredible job at Ole Miss, and I have no reason to think if he can get Ole Miss to 10, 11 wins a year that he can't get Alabama back competing for national titles without Nick Saban. Yeah, that's what I said. I said this earlier. I don't see it as Kiffin, but maybe it just is and we're overthinking it. You know, I mean, Kiffin is the guy that built their offense. Kiffin is the guy. He's the best football coach coaching now. He's the best football coach out there right now who was under Nick Saban. He's the best one. Now, Sark is right there. Well, Kirby. Kirby. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, well, good point. Kirby, he's the best one that possibly could leave. Um, Sark is out there, but Sark could be leaving Texas. That's not like leaving Ole Miss. Now, what's interesting is this is a heck of a year to leave Ole Miss because they might be really good. If, if Walter Nolan and, and Princely and all these guys they're bringing in are as good – I mean, Pr- Princely is a good player. I mean, I mean Princely – Uman Mielin, is that right? Mm-hmm. Princely's a good player, man. And, and But well, Alabama still, I would think, has a better roster than you, Ole Miss. You, no yeah. question. And Alabama's Alabama. Yeah. yeah, so, so yeah. No matter, I think I, the, the fact that it's so quiet on the Dabo front is very intriguing to me. You're right, it, 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 and it's early, it's early now. It so. is. But let me ask you this. But it was early yesterday when Dan Lanning was floated out. Yeah, let me ask you this. If Norvell goes, let's say let's say it is Norvell. Prime to Tallahassee? Well, I mean, you'd have to make the call. Right. I mean, he'd be outstanding. Pri- would, it be, would it be Prime? I don't know if it would definitely be him. I think they'd have conversations. I don't know if his – Full season is what you'd want if you're someone at Florida State. The beginning of the season, the, the whole overhaul of the roster, that was exciting, but they didn't finish well at all. Yeah, if you're FSU, you hope Mike Norvell stays and, and continues to do what he's doing. But I just wonder, if Mike, if you look up and Mike – and by the way, the best compliment to Florida State is there aren't many jobs you leave Florida State for. Alabama is probably one of them, but there aren't very many. I mean, that, that's a, it's a good program, man. But, but if but if Norvell left, I wonder if Prime's the guy. I wonder. I think he he would have to be very high on the list. And again, yes, they didn't finish strong, but that team had won like one game prior to his arrival, and they won what five. So they still won four more games than they had won the year before. So I mean, he deserves credit in that regard. And Deion Sanders at Florida State would be a recruiting machine. I you mean, think, right? just an absolute machine. I mean, they they would. They would absolutely be Georgia's, in my opinion, in a post-Nick Saban world, a Deion Sanders-led Florida State would be Georgia's primary threat. We'll take a break. When we got back, uh, more to talk about. I got a thought, believe it or not, about baseball. We'll get to that. And I want to bring up the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll explain. Stay with us. 
The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's an old rock Thursday. Music, the way it should be, or at least used to be, on The Frangie Show. At Benatar today, on Old Rock Thursday, she turned 71 yesterday. Around the same age as Pete Carroll, Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, they're all in the news, so why not Pat Benatar, Carline, for God's sake? She was great. She's still, she's not retiring. Yeah, I know. I mean, she was fantastic. Her husband is great on the guitar, Neil Gerardo, and uh, it was a fun show. So they absolutely I believe that. I believe it would be a great show. I believe it would be a great show. Um, I want to talk about the Chiefs for a second, but the football scoop, I forget which brother is football scoop now. Was one of the, they had two brothers. They I don't know much up. about it. Yeah, but there's two. Did brothers. they go the way of Hall and Oates? One, yeah, the, yeah. Well, they kind of <laughs> did. It was they were they had this great thing, and then they got mad at each other. And so, is it Roussel? Are you? That sounds Roussel, right. I think one one did. This coach, was like 15, 20 years yeah, ago. Yeah, one oh, did wow. fo- one did football scoop. The other does coach scoop. And it's Scott Roussel is one of them, and something else. So anyway, um, but what it is happens fo- to the best of groups? <laughs> what is what is um. Uh, you said he, he's football scoop says it's down to yeah football scoop is saying that the heavy traction is on Kalen DeBoer and Mike Norvell inside the Alabama offices right now yeah. so it seems like well the the surprising thing in the in the write up is that Lane Kiffin is not mentioned in it yeah. so yeah. it does make you wonder and like Greg McElroy tweeted out earlier this morning like it's not going to be Lane Kiffin yeah now, and, I don't know how directly tied he is oh still. but he would be connected I, I would think yeah yeah he, and, and, and I mean and again t- who knows what kind of influence Saban's going to have on the decision yeah you do get the sense that Kiffin's never been in it no matter how many no how many of us think he would be obviously Kiffin's never you get the impression Kiffin's never been in play for this at all so um yeah I see this uh another thing on football scoop says that contenders Along the lines of earning interviews, DeBoer, Mike Norvell, to Hayes' point, and also incumbent tied offensive coordinator Tommy Reese. Well, he's not getting the job. So I wouldn't yeah. think so. Yeah, Tommy Reese isn't going to be the coach. All right, here's what I will tell you. The, head, the new Alabama head football coach is not going to be Tommy Reese. Sorry, sorry, football scoop. Oh, that will go ahead. I'll go, I'll go ahead and make that easy for you. Yeah. Tommy Reese. That, well, would be, uh, yeah, sh- that would be more shocking than Saban's retirement. Yeah, yeah. So he's not getting the job. Do you uh, think Jimmy Sexton is the agent of whoever is getting the job? Well, of course. He's, he's everybody's agent. <laughs> I think he's your agent, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think he's everybody's agent. Oh. Um, the, uh, but it does get the impression. I feel like DeBoer is ahead of Norvell in this one. You get that sense? I feel. Yes. Like, I feel like no. I think. I feel like if it's De, if it's down to De, DeBoer, if DeBoer and Norvell are the two hot guys, and I said this at the top of the program today, when it wasn't Dan Lanning, now all of a sudden Mike Norvell is really in play. But I would think Kalen DeBoer. I just get the sense he's ahead of him. Interesting. I think they're probably on level playing field because I would assume that Greg Byrne, the Alabama AD, is looking at it like, I want to talk to the guys that had their teams in the college football playoff. And while Florida State was snubbed out of it, had Florida had Jordan Travis, excuse me, not gotten hurt, Florida State would have been in the college football playoff who for would, sure. Who won a game? Who would have won a December third game this year between Washington and Florida State if Travis isn't hurt? Florida State. I think so, too. What yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, I think Florida State. I think Florida, Michigan smothered Washington's yeah, offense. Florida yeah. State's defense would have done the same yeah, thing. Yeah, I think Florida State with everybody there. And they would have been able to run the ball like Michigan yeah, did. I think Florida State would have beat – I think yeah. healthy Florida State would have beat healthy Washington. I, I really do. I think I, I really believe that. Um, So we'll see. We'll see what winds up happening. And But, again, uh, Norvell probably gets an interview if he wants one, but DeBoer seems to be the, lead, the leader in the clubhouse uh, for the Alabama job. 
So the Chiefs like leaked all kind of oil. I mean, the Chiefs obviously finally finally did not look unbeatable, right? But they made the playoffs. Right. Well, they're in. They're in the three seed. Why do I get the feeling they're going to be a hell now that now now that the tournament's on? Well, that's the thing. I mean, don't they, you get that sense? There's certain teams that they get to this point and they're able to kick it into gear, and and it starts with Patrick Mahomes, who I saw a stat that if he wins Saturday and beats the Dolphins, he'll have the second most playoff victories in NFL history. That can't possibly be right. But that's it, it was like only behind Brady because it would be his 10th. Now, granted, we play way more rounds right, than we right, used to. Right. Um, so I, but it, it would seem though. like, yeah. you know, Terry Bradshaw would have to have that number. But uh, but anyway, but he's done an outstanding job. And the Chiefs, to your point, this is the time of year that, yeah, they've been able to hit their strides. And I think they're going to beat the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins, it, that's a good matchup for Kansas City. So, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't. If I if we were doing a you know a a, a lottery or, or a draft and and picking the Super Bowl winner, I'd be thrilled to get the Chiefs if uh, I was down the line. A bit. Yeah, yeah. By the way, Bradshaw has to have more. Uh, it has to. He's got four Super Bowls. Right, which so means, that's eight. Which means eight. And yeah, he had, and Mah- he had to win the game before. He had to win the game to get to the AFC. So Mahomes right. is eleven and three in the playoffs, and that puts him like tenth. As yeah, far as victories. overall in, in victories. Now, if they won the Super Bowl, is that the stat? I, I don't know. I, it was, it was What's pu- Bradshaw have? Bradshaw is among four people with f- 14 playoff victories. Okay. And how many does Brady have? Like 79? Uh, uh, <laughs> Brady has – yeah, it's kind of crazy when you look at the graph. Brady has 35. Okay. 35. 35. Montana has 16. Okay. And then – Then a bunch have 14. Manning, Young, Elway, Bradshaw all have – 14. I would not and have that guessed is Peyton Manning. I would not, not have guessed Peyton at 14. I would not have guessed that. Wow. Yeah. And then you've got three with 12, or sorry, three with 13, two with 12, and then Mahomes is tied with Troy Aikman with 11. So is it maybe that, let's, I, I, I don't know. But, but if he so won if, the Super Bowl. If Mahomes won the Super Bowl, he'd have. Yes, he'd have, I think, third most because he'd be behind he'd Montana. Okay, so that's, I, anyway. yeah. But, but yes, your point uh, is, to the larger you, point, yeah. I would not bet on the Chiefs uh, at but all. Beating insane. the Dolphins, going to Buffalo, beating the Bills. And uh, you know, and then maybe beating the Ravens and winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. But we also probably wouldn't be shocked if the they play a close game, beat the Dolphins, and then go to Buffalo and lose. Oh, sure, Buffalo could beat them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it, it, the whole the whole thing will be very interesting. Um, Yankees are going to get Marcus Stroman. Real quick baseball note: It looks like I'm telling you, and is Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery still not signed? Are they still? They're still out there, right? I haven't seen anything about either of them. In the last few days. Why don't just everybody go to the Yankees? Yankees make offer to Blake Snell. That was 32 minutes ago. Okay. And uh, so and they're going to get Stroman. So, so if this isn't, that really if is this where isn't we're Yankees-Dodgers, that's where we're headed. we'll never have it. Yeah. But, 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 <laughs> I mean, like, but, what else? But if they get Snell and, and Stroman, even if they don't get Montgomery. Right. And they, and they would have, I mean, they already had Garrett Cole. I mean, so, I mean, I mean honestly, they're going to. Would Garrett Cole still be the ace in that point? He's Cy Young Ward. I, I'm biased because he's right, one of my right. favorite players, so I'm the wrong one to ask. So yeah. to me, yes. I think he still would be. Yeah, to me. But I don't know. It could be Snell. Yeah. Um. They're both really good. Yeah. They're both really good. Also Cy Young. But uh, but I mean, what if they? I mean, what if you? What if you had Garrett Cole, and golly, Marcus Stroman and Blake Snell? Yeah. How about, I mean, because I think that's what's going to happen. I mean, I think I think that's what's going to happen. I don't like it. Yeah. No, I, I, I you know, I don't like it. But I'll Hayes, you made the great point. But I'll watch the hell out of it. You know, I will. I, I will. 
I mean, I'll, I'll watch the Yankees to see if they win 120 games or fall on their face, right? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm always going to be interested in the Yankees because I obviously want them to lose. So, I mean, they're a team that, you know, and that's everybody. That's why they're one of the best brands in sports is there's nobody that just feels, you know, blah about the Yankees. You either love the Yankees or you despise the Yankees. And uh, But, I mean, they will be fascinating with all this talent that they've added. The Dodgers are, I mean, that, that could be one of the – biggest sports stories of, of 2024 is how good the Dodgers could be. And, uh, you know, it's, it'll be fun. We're, we're, how far away are we from you being like all into pitchers and catchers and yeah, stuff? Where are we like two months, month away? February 15th. And so, oh, wow. So You're about, about a month away. About five weeks. Yeah, about five weeks. You getting fired up? Getting there. Getting there. Yeah, yeah. I do expect a gigantic season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I Who mean, are some of the key newcomers? The Pirates here? do not have, I was looking at the, uh, you know, games predicted win totals for Major League Baseball. The Pirates are not that, like, they're not at the bottom, the very bottom. Well, that's progress. That um, is progress, right? Uh, Martin Perez. Yeah. Tell me about him. He's the one guy. Okay. He's a 33 year old left hander that throws about 80. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He's a 33 year old? Yeah, yeah. Martin Perez has got, I think he's maybe he's 32. That's who we got. Oh, in terms of like that's the only yeah. newcomer, right? But who's that's, your like emerging star? <laughs> oh, bro, we got we got a few of those. Yeah. Keller's pretty good. Okay, um, Brubaker's pretty good. We have we actually have some good young players. Yeah. I thought you said the newcomer. Well, yeah, I did. S- signed one. How about that? That's surprising. The Martin way that Perez, some heat right there. Thirty-two. Yeah, he, I'm. You know, I think they're probably paying him twenty-five bucks an hour or something <laughs> like that, to give or take. By the way, uh, June seventh, eighth, and ninth. Yeah, we get Dodgers at Yankees. How about that? June seventh, eighth, and ninth. That'll be that will be pretty good. And hey, your team, Frank, finishes the regular season with the Yankees. How about that? In Where? New York. Where? In New York. How about that? So they, I'll go see Billy Joel. Well, that, that's during football season, right? Yeah. The by the way, one thing we did not get to yet: um, the Jaguars, Bears, Vikings, are the or the or the who or host or now announces international teams, right? Yes, correct. That's correct. So the Bears, so so the so Jaguars, it'll be Jags at Bears. Well, but here's and the, then I'm assuming the Jags will host. But, I don't that, know. but that's what I wonder if there's two games, the Jags at the Bears, that would be the opponent, right? I would, if, yeah, if, it if would the, have if, to be because that's the only team they play right. that's hosting that would line up. Yeah, so if, so if there's a two games again next year, like there was this year, then the Jags would the ja- the Bears would be the opponent. Right. Yeah. I don't think it's as big of an advantage to play the Bears in London like it was to play the Bills in London. Yeah. 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 But I'm. I mean, if there are, and I nobody, and by the way, the whole two game thing, I can tell you that story. I think the team, Shad said the team would like to do it again. I think that, and he was very transparent and honest about that. But I do think uh, the league is going to talk to the players and 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 how the players felt about being there for ten days and the whole bit. Um, we had a blast of the two games. I mean, I, I loved it personally, but I was I was hoping it wouldn't be the Bears because I love Chicago. Yeah. I mean, I really, I mean, I really, Chicago is is one of my. I, I said this before. Chicago, other than whatever your hometown is, Jacksonville is my home favorite city because it's my hometown. So take your hometown out of play. Chicago, from May through the end of September, it's the greatest city in America. You've been to Chicago plenty, mm-hmm. right? You, yeah. Lauren, you've been to Chicago? Mm-hmm. Okay. From, from May through the end of September, it's the greatest city in America. It, it does make you wonder if because they've only got the seven home games and then you've got nine road and then one in London – it, does that give them any pause because it's a little bit more of a treacherous road? So do you want to do the two games in London or would you rather, if the league is fine with you not doing it, would you rather just go to London for the home game and then come right back and and know that you eventually are going to have to take the trip to Chicago? But that's just fly up on a Saturday, yeah. fly back Sunday. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I, I possibly, but my guess is, if the players are okay with it, if the players' union is okay with it, if the players responded the way the league asked them to, I would guess the Jags will try and play two again. And again, again I don't know that. Just what Shad said. Does he like to do it again? Yeah, for fans that like to go to away games that are in the United States, uh, I would say you'd hope not, like you said, because there's only the seven true home games. Yeah, it, it, well, it, six really yeah. with one in London. Yeah, and I can tell you, no, the the, the seven is here. Seven's it, here. Okay. Yeah, it's seven yeah. in Jacksonville, and then, and then the one. Yeah. nine on the road, and then right. one in but London. I can tell you, I like the road game because number one, it's one less road game that the Jags have to play. No matter who, even if it's not still the advantage, it's still one road road game, and. I we had a blast for the ten days, you know. So so I I me personally, I like it, um, but I I was just was hoping it wouldn't the Bears, you know. And now 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 it would have to be. It would have to. It be. would have to be if if they had to do it now. It have to be the Bears. I will take a break. Lauren Raft, program news and notes after this. The Frangie Show live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on Ten Ten XL. Hit back with Hastings. What's going on in the world? It's time for Frangie Show news and notes. Here's Lauren Brooks. I wasn't going to say anything. Just a little asterisk on that. I think I'm going to do a dry second half. A dry second half. I'm going to dry. So, yeah, yeah, dry second half. Oh, we're about to give away tickets for the basketball game tomorrow, but in case people are watching on YouTube and wonder why we're dying laughing. Lauren laughed. He just looked away. That was the best part. (laughs) (laughs) The look away was, oh, I kind of meant a dry rest of January. Frank told us in the break that he might do dry January, and this was right before we came back in the segment, and I just asked a quick question, but haven't you already been drinking in January? And he said, Starting now. And the, be- and the, be- the best part was Hayes. Hayes just kind of looked away like, oh, do I jump into this or I'll stay out of it? <laughs> I'll just stand clear. I personally wasn't going to tell everyone. Uh, the, the, the problem is, full disclosure, I have already drank in January and I've drank too much. <laughs> I drank, you would think it was the week before Christmas, so I'm going to go drive the rest of January. Taylor told me a funny story how a friend of hers is doing dry January, but then he got to the bar to watch the Bears game and they were losing to the Packers, and he was like, okay, I'm doing damp January. <laughs> I, I have oh, there is been I have in one of the times I've gone to the combine, been I gave up red meat, mm-hmm. till I got to St. Elmo's, then yeah. asked God for the one night forgiveness. That's I did, right. definitely did that. So. Yeah, yeah. I will say I was thinking about like if you're a diehard Patriots fan, diehard Alabama fan, Seahawks fan to a lesser extent, and you're doing Dry January, and the legendary coach, you know, the one who's won all the championships, walks away, and you can't even have like a beer or a glass of wine. Oof, that's rough. All right, the tickets for tomorrow night. We've got a pair of them to give away right here, right now. UNF plays host to JU in the first edition of this season's River City Rumble. Be caller number four at 641-1010. Caller number four, 641-1010. Should be a lot of fun tomorrow. We'll be there from 3 to 6 broadcasting. And then, of course, the game tips off at 7 o'clock. All right, I've got some Saban stats for you because you can't say enough good things about the classy Nick Saban. He had, and I'm sure you all have seen some of these on Twitter, He had more players drafted in the first round, which would be 44 players, than he did losses, which would be, like we said yesterday, 29. More players drafted in the first round of the NFL draft than losses. Yeah, there's a lot of great stats. That's one of the best ones. I agree with you. No class recruited at Alabama by Nick Saban played four years without winning a national championship. No class. Saban's estimated earnings at Alabama, $120 million. Hayes, that means 
Since 2007, his average income per day, $19,308. Pretty awesome. Good day. And he's worth every penny. I mean, what he did for that university, they will never have to worry about did they get their, the return on their investment with Nick Saban. I mean, the admissions and, and everything at a university level has gone up. I, you know, athletics is it's the it's the front porch to your university, and there's no better recruiting video for young kids out there than athletics. So even if they don't play sports, just athletic success because they see it and mm-hmm. they see how oh that looks like fun. Go to those games and enjoy it. I I mean it, the stats with Nick Saban are incredible. He had more first round picks than he had losses. Yep. Uh, as far as Alabama's, though, current state, you've got the five-star Ryan Williams, who has decommitted since Saban has decided to retire. I'm sure we'll see more of that. And so I think some people are interested in the timing of it, that he recruited this class. He was still working as of yesterday and then decided to retire. Well, one of the most important things they can do will be the one of the re- real reasons, I, I had Coach K on the show and asked him this, one of the main reasons John Shire got the Duke job Duke guy, but he was the one guy they thought could continue to get the best players in the country to go to Duke. And that's one thing Alabama's got to do is if you don't have that anymore, you already you already have Georgia probably getting more than you're getting. It's in in Saban's time there, was it 17 years? Yeah. In the 17 years, would you agree with this? This is the first time during his stretch in these last three or four years where somebody else is getting more of the good players than him, and that's Georgia. Oh, yeah. Kirby I don't, I don't Smart th- was yeah. the closest thing yeah. to but, his but, I mean, LSU, equal. Florida, none of them in those first 15, 14, 15 years were getting more of the good players than, than Alabama. No, because Urban was, you know, right. kind of at the end of right. Florida. Urban was initially, yeah. but obviously That's it right. didn't That's right. sustain itself. As for Bill Belichick, who also was walking away from the Patriots job or being forced out, depends on how you look at it. 24 seasons, nine Super Bowl appearances, six Super Bowl titles, 266 to 120 regular season record. 30-12 and 12 postseason record. Yeah, I'm one, and, I, and again, Hayes and I obviously differ on this. I think Nick Saban could show up tomorrow and be just as good as he was five years ago. I don't think Bill Belichick's the same coach. This doesn't do anything to detract from his greatness. He's a great, great, great coach, one of the greatest NFL coaches of all time. But I don't think he's as good as he was. I, 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 If he winds up in Washington or Atlanta, I don't think he'll they'll have near the success. And obviously they won't because they don't have Tom Brady. But I don't think yeah. he'll, he's the same guy. It was interesting to see Saban, nine SEC titles, six national championships, Belichick, nine Super Bowl appearances, six Super Bowl championships. So just uh, very interesting as far as the two of them going out also within two days of each other, the fact that they're friends. All right, so we know now that the longest tenured head coach in the NFL is Mike Tomlin. Do you know who the second longest tenured head coach is? John Harbaugh. Mm -hmm. Same division, right? That is correct. John Harbaugh. Do you know who the third longest is? Third longest tenured NFL head coach. He has been there for 11 seasons. 11 years. 11 Andy, years. Andy Reid? No. That is Andy correct, Reed, yeah. Andy Reid. And then a tie for fourth, Sean McDermott, Kyle Shanahan, and Sean McVay, seven seasons. Wow. Zach Taylor, who it feels like, and Matt LaFleur, who it feels like they just got there. They've yeah. been there five seasons. They're tied for seventh. I don't know how, that we'll see another Tomlin of 17 seasons, Harbaugh of 16 you'll seasons almost, now that Belichick's gone. You'll almost gone. never see it. Yeah. You'll, you'll almost, I mean, really, it's really, really hard. Yeah, yeah you'll, you'll, almost, you'll almost never see that. I don't think so either. Uh, other news in the college football world, Marvin Harrison Jr. is headed to the NFL draft. And Hayes mentioned earlier, while Quinn Ewers, the quarterback for Texas, is returning. I feel like we've known the Ewers news for quite some time. 
And no surprise that Marvin Harrison Jr. is headed to the draft. It'll just be interesting to see how high up Marvin Harrison Jr. goes. So what do you guys think? Uh, Vrabel to the Patriots? We're pretty, yes. pretty sure. Not not Gerard Mayo? I don't know. I, f- I feel like I have to follow Vegas at times. Yeah. It feels like it's Gerard Mayo. Wouldn't it be funny if it re- – you said this earlier, if it, yeah. if it was Vrabel to the Patriots and, and Belichick to the Titans. I, mean, I don't think it's going to be. Wouldn't it be funny? Yeah, Belichick's not going to go to the Titans. I mean, they, they have no quarterback. They have no plan. Uh, the ownership is, I think, is is questionable. So he's not going to the Titans. If, if Bill Belichick coaches, it would be like the Falcons with the hope. And I get it; they don't have a quarterback, but they got a lot of other good stuff. And they pick eight. Or it would be a team like the Chargers, who has Justin Herbert, or a team like the Jaguars, if Shad Khan wanted to pursue him, because obviously they have Trevor Lawrence. The um, uh, I told you guys if you'd ever heard of Fritz Peterson or Mike Kekich. Oh yeah, we had not. They just switched families. Two two Yankees pitchers, they just traded families. What? They like they families. both got divorced and then remarried. Really? They switched families. Look it up. Fritz Peterson, Mike Kekis. Look it up sometime. They switched families. They just traded. Wow, that's okay. wild. Kekich. Was there like a player to be named later? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Don't know. They just they 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 switch families. I'll bet you when Blue goes in, he'll, he'll know. They, that's amazing. They, they, How have we never had that 30 for 30? Fritz, 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 Peter, Fritz Peterson and Mike Kekich were two pitchers on the Yankees. I think they are on the Yankees at the time. They just switched families. They just all of a sudden. Do you have any idea how it started? I don't know. I, I, I used to know the story. I've forgotten it. But <laughs> all it, I see is the headline from the New York Post. It's the 50th anniversary. This was this past year. In March, it's the 50th anniversary of Yankees' most insane swap ever. Yeah, yeah, I mean it was. I mean, it was a 50 years ago. Is that what it was? Was it 50 really years ago this past March? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I was 15, I guess. So, but uh, yeah, it's incredible. They just switched families. They just, they, just, I mean, they literally just traded families. The two pitchers just traded families. How about that? How about that for a deal? Was it contentious? Uh, well, it had to be. You would uh, well, think, I right? mean, yeah. I would imagine. Again, I'm again, I was fascinated. Fi- I was 15. I know what I'm doing for the rest of the <laughs> night. But I'm I, digging but into I, every detail. But I can tell you this: when you're 15 years old and you're pitching, and you're you're a baseball player, and and that's a st- that's a story. Every, there was no internet. You, that's a story everyone talked about. Rich wow. Peterson and Mike Kekich. So they didn't have kids. Oh, they didn't. I, I, they I think did. I see, all I see is they wives and pets. So at least oh. I feel like the kids would have been. All sorts of messed up. That's what it. Again, this is as fast as I can. I remember being. I remember being families. What the pets think? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if anyone asked them, but yeah, this says they swapped wives. Wives. They exchanged pets. They essentially traded families. Our friend Dave Campo, uh, Yankee historian, said they were best friends. That's incredible. That really is. I feel like there are people driving around right now going, which friend would I want to swap (laughs) with? Hey, you know, hey. I can't mention this once I get home, but I'm just wondering. My buddy Bob and I got a tea time (laughs) on Saturday. Maybe right. I'll sit down with him. Hey, you hey, know it's hey, Bob, going through know, people's minds. Hey Bob, listen, I know listen, I know I'm giving you two shots on the back here, but just <laughs> while we're talking. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, All right. Before we say hello to Rick Blue, let's get to today's takeaways. Now, today's takeaways. Brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over fifty years. My takeaway is simple. Shot Khan should pursue Bill Belichick to be the next Jaguars head coach. It gets you out of the Trent Balky Press Taylor conundrum. <laughs> it's nothing against Doug Peterson. I think he's a fine coach, but he's not Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick has immaculate, impeccable attention to detail. That's what this organization needs. And you don't need him to go pick a quarterback. You have your quarterback. You have your receivers. He steps right in. He brings that defense to an elite level. Shad Khan should go pursue Bill Belichick. It's silly to just concede that he's going to go to the Atlanta Falcons. 
My takeaway is I cannot believe that Nick Saban and Bill Belichick within two days of each other are no longer coaching the Crimson Tide and the New England Patriots, respectively. It is wild to think that two of the greatest of all time, arguably the greatest of all time in each of their respective sports, are no longer going to be in those positions. I don't think Saban ever coaches again. We shall see on Bill Belichick. But I'm with Frank. I don't think he's going to be the head coach of your Jacksonville Jaguars next season. Let's say hello to Rick Ballou. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com careers. Equal opportunity employer. You know the story of Fritz Peterson and Mike Kekich, the two Yankee pitchers who swapped families? Similar to Dennis Eckersley, Rick Manning. Well, that was different. That was that was ugly, ugly. That yeah, was, that was that was that. They didn't swap families. One just slept with the other one's wife. Right, right, okay, right, right, know, right. That right. was, yeah. that was a little bit not more underground. Yeah, yeah, not recommended. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that was Eckersley. Yeah, the Yankee dude was just kind of a barbecue. Like it's my kind of team. Yeah, it was a barbecue deal. It was kind of like, hey, what do you think? Let's just let's switch families. Like, cool. All right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Manning and Eckersley thing was very ugly. That's exactly right. How you doing? How are you? I am good. You good? Kidding me, man? I mean, this is nuts. Everything that's going on. So, so um, Mike Norvell going to Alabama? No. Taking Kirby Smart with him? What do you think? <laughs> you that? I don't oh, think it's going to happen. These are small, right? No. I. Uh, it's been a worrisome day. Uh, I was told at four o'clock he was meeting with the players and they were just getting ready to discuss the off-season conditioning program. So uh, it was a big day today again, getting a. Uh, an interior offensive lineman, Terrence Ferguson from Alabama and the transfer portal. So, you know, he continues to add there. Um, there's a little bit of Jimbo in him. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, come on. He did it with Texas A&M two months ago, and I was really bothered by that. And some Florida State fans kind of got on me. I'm like, it's real easy to say, I love it here. I'm not going anywhere. But I understand he wants to make more money, and he deserves more money. And you know they're putting together a new contract for him right now, so I'd be sh- I'd be really surprised. I would too. if he goes out. I would too. I, in fact, I, it looks like Kalen DeBoer is the guy. Yeah. it looks like it is. So, if you looked at his resume, uh, oh yeah, we, he we hasn't been about... anywhere near the Deep South. Right, right. The closest well, the Deep South he's been is Indiana, well, that's, that's, from South that's, Dakota. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that, that, he's got that, Gus Bradley. That, that's why I'd be surprised. That's why I'm surprised he's the guy in play. Yeah. Because usually you would have a guy that has some feeling from the South. Is there more misinformation during the coaching pursuit? Yeah. I mean, last time I'm on Twitter, and you got some poor guy who was out in Eugene. He's like, well, I used to work in Tuscaloosa, and now I'm in Eugene. He reports that Dan Lanning is in Tuscaloosa. This poor guy's in Eugene. What he just did to himself now, he's never going to get out of Eugene. Right, right, that's right. Exactly no right. one's ever going to hire this guy right, because of what right. he did. That's exactly right. So um, it's crazy, crazy. So, what, what were we talking about? We, we got all that. I mean, Belichick today, um, you know, a lot of people think it's Mike Vrabel. There's little chance of Jared Mayo, but uh, they ha- they seem to think it's going to be uh, Vrabel going to the New England Patriots. And it was a very short press conference today. I, I, uh, I, I figured that Bill maybe would – would answer a couple of questions, but he didn't. He left it for Bob Kraft, and um, he leaves. And where he goes next is fascinating. You know, there is a little bit of a rumor out there that that he's going to a team that doesn't have a vacancy right now. And I heard your comments on Jacksonville. Um, to me, it's Dallas or Philadelphia. If either one of those teams loses this weekend, yeah. I can really see Jerry Jones. But he did the same thing with Parcells. It didn't work. 
But, you know, Philly, that's a little bit more, you know, this Suriani guy, they like him, but it seems like he, he rubs people the wrong way. But I, I would keep an eye on those two teams if there is a surprise hire here with Belichick. All right. Look forward to the end of the night. He'll talk about that and a whole lot more. Uh, tomorrow, by the way, we'll be live at UNF. Looking that's right. We Looking got forward a rumble. to it. We I love a rumble. JU and UNF, and we'll be uh, previewing for you. Both coaches will join us. We'll be live from the UNF arena tomorrow. Look forward to that. We're out of here. Don't go anywhere. Rick Blue's up next. For Hayes, Lauren, and RJ, I'm Frank Crazy. So long.